From 1963 to 1966, the Beatles toured almost nonstop, making more than 1,400 concert appearances around the world. Beatlemania was real, and this phenomenon which created the demand for these endless concerts was the very same force that brought them to an abrupt end. The screaming. Relentless and only growing louder, how could four lads from Liverpool and their electric instruments compete with the primal noise of arenas packed full of crazed fans? They couldn't. Despite amplifier manufacturer Vox specially designing powerful amps just for the Beatles arena tours, the Beatlemania proved to be even louder. The concerts became monotonous, thankless endeavors, and the Fab Four grew tired of them. August 29th, 1966, at Candlestick Park, the Beatles played their last commercial concert and became strictly a studio band. After so many concert appearances, one might expect that each member of the band would be rich enough to comfortably retire already. This could not be further from the truth. A report from the London accountancy firm Bryce Hammer Isherwood & Company advised them that despite the group's immense success, quote, two of you are close to being bankrupt and the other two could be soon, end quote. It was true that the Beatles were massively popular and amassing incredible wealth, but UK law at the time imposed a 95% super tax on the highest wealth bracket, which each member of the band was easily within. With bankruptcy imminent, the band went back into the studio. Freedom from future live shows allowed them to put together a far more experimental album than they had previously produced, as they would never have to recreate these songs for a live audience. So the band's seventh studio album, Revolver, was released in 1966, featuring a liberal use of automatic double tracking, Vera speed, reverse tapes, closed audio miking, and instruments outside of their standard live setup. Revolver opens with a track written by guitarist George Harrison, who at the time was not considered to be much of a writer, particularly when compared to McCartney and Lennon. Harrison's song marked the first political piece written and performed by the Beatles, and is considered by some to be a precursor to punk rock. The song also draws musical inspiration from the theme song for the 1960s Batman TV show. The song's singular message calling out the UK government for their hefty taxes and their funding of military weapon development resonated with audiences within and outside of the UK, and the opening track to this iconic album remains a staple in Beatles canon. Mojo ranked at number 48 on their list of 101 Greatest Beatles Songs, Rolling Stone ranked at number 55 on their list, and Time Out London ranked at number 7 on theirs. That's right, we're talking Taxman by the Beatles on Cover Me. Welcome to Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one is working for me. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my taxing co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Uh, Alex Mildenberger, how are you? I'm a handful, is what I am. I'll say. But other than that, pretty good, pretty good. Roomies uh, just got a new puppy, so that's pretty much been my week it's playing with that's a, playing with a little puppy pop. hey uh cool. trying trying to make it not bite uh fingers and toes and things like that right what do you do with that for dogs do you just say no or like um we're a little vague on it at, at the moment we're just kind of trying to distract distract him with other things okay. um but we may have to do a little more uh research into that yeah, maybe. Heard there's some like more intensive um techniques that has to do with like 
rewarding dogs for not biting you, but you have to kind of do it in a specific way. So it's like right, the so moment they, they stop biting you, you have to be like, yes, yeah. good dog. But not exactly like that, but kind of like that. Yeah. I've heard with, I think with cats, you can like, if you like visibly show pain to them when they, if they claw you or claw things. And then if you show like relief when they are not clawing, they're like, oh, okay. Not clawing stuff is good. But I, I might have just made that up in my dumb brain. But sometimes yeah. it's hard to know, yeah, where you hear stuff. But like honestly, he's also like nine weeks old, so he's gonna nip on things. Like he's, he's gonna nip on this. What yeah. they do? <laughs> he's very that's, young. That, that's puppies for you. That's puppies. Um, Alex, that's great. Glad that there's a puppy in your life. Um, super duper, Alex. Have you heard about this band, The Beatles? Have we done this joke before? <laughs> I think we've done this bit before. <laughs> Probably. Uh, the Beatles. We're talking about them again. I think the last time we talked about them was Better for September. One um, or two years ago. At least as an original. Um, that might have popped up on another cover, but I, th- I think it was Getting Better. Probably yeah, I think Getting we Better. Talked we talked about, about Getting Better. We talked about them, their cover of... I think we did. you really got a hold on me a long, long That's time right. ago. Um, <clears throat> I can't think of another time we have... Oh, we did. Well, we did Paul McCartney for Bond songs, but um, right, yeah, that yeah. was you know, post Beatles, post Beatles, PB. So yeah, we haven't talked about the Beatles specifically in hang a while. On, hang on, hang on, hang on, Alex. I have a okay. So PB, post Beatles. Um, wait, no shit. Peanut butter. And I don't, uh, maybe it still works. Cause when was the song Jet released? <laughs> I have no idea. The seventies. <laughs> Because then, then you could say that the uh, the the Bond song is PB and J. <laughs> Those Beatles and Jet. Ah, I have ah! no I have no idea if the timeline works out for that, but I'm gonna accept it. We'll accept it. All right. So there's your good joke for the day. That's our comedy tag. Right, Bring it back to the go. podcast. Bring the comedy back. back. We're here. Um, it's fucking entrepreneur summer, people. It is. Let's talk about it. What is it? It's business in the front and party in the back. We're talking about songs related to business, but then it's Entrepreneur Summer too. Some of you may recall, and the 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 hash the the, the subtitles pro sex summer, as in like professional sex, but also like pro sex, like sex positive. Right. So, yeah. It's a it's a pun. It's a pun, baby. And so come August, it's gonna be nonstop sex talk on this podcast, and we're just gonna fucking get into it. So buckle in, lube up. It's Entrepreneur Summer 2, baby. Also, at the top of the show, I've been uh, changing our, our little intro. Typically, I say that's right. This week, I said, welcome. Just a classic, just an easy, just a... Simple, just yeah. Nice one. Simple, clean. Welcome yeah. to cover me. It's very you like that minimalist. Shit? Very minimalist. If you want to hear me say something different, hashtag that's not right, and write whatever. It's on Twitter, obviously. And but if you want me to go back to the regular, that's right. Just hashtag that's right, and I will listen to your demands because that's how I run my life. You can rate us, review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends about us. We don't have a marketing budget. Email us covermepod at gmail.com with comments, questions, concerns, recommendations for future episodes, particularly if they're songs of a sexual nature. Anything but my humps by the Black Eyed Peas. Please. And that's it. That's it for the housekeeping. How do you like that? 
Alex, the Beatles' Taxman Revolver. Is this the best Beatles album of all time? Discuss. Ooh, it might be. It's definitely the first Beatles album. Beatles yeah. album I was aware of as an album. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I had was was into the Beatles, you know, and I um, listened to them. Like my parents had one by the Beatles, and I don't know the exact timeline. I think I was aware of other Beatles songs. But um, the the radio had a show on Sundays called Brunch with the Beatles or Beatles Brunch, some, you know, something like that, um, that I would listen to after church. Ah, yeah. And uh, this is the first one I ever remember hearing was about Revolver and, and talking about the Revolver album as an album. And um, it's and then I like got my dad to buy it. It's like we gotta buy this. We gotta buy this. So yeah, it was one of the first Beatles albums I ever owned as well. And I know we've mm. talked about this, like the first CD. You you asked me yeah. what the first CD I ever owned was, and I wasn't able to tell you. And I don't know if it's. And this wasn't like my CD per se, but it was right. like it was definitely early on. Although I definitely owned like Backstreet Boys before that, but this is one of the ones where I was like, I gotta get this, one of the early ones. Right. And then this I got, a like, significant asked one. my parents because I, you know, didn't have money or whatever. Right. Yeah, this was one that, like, was one I'd heard whispered about. It's like, oh, the Beatles, Revolver. Such Revolver. A, such an incredible album. Such and a that strange song album cover. It's about how much Paul McCartney likes weed. And you're like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so I was, you know, once I started smoking pot, I was like, I gotta listen to this fucking album. Revolver. By the Beatles, Revolver. I, you know, let's see. I was, oh, it's crazy. This they must have been so high, bro. I was in that phase of my uh, mental development, sure, where any any mildly creative idea could only come to be through heavy use of drugs. Of course. But uh, yeah, I don't know if this one really parsed. I like you know permeated my membrane the way other other albums have. There's, I like some good songs on here. I like uh, Andrew Bird can sing. I like got to get you into my life. I like, yeah, you know, it's one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, I don't give a shit about this album. I listen to it. And I'm then like, you go oh, through yeah. it. Yeah. All these songs fucking slap. It's a very well put together yeah, album. I guess, I mean, I had the advantage of like the first thing I ever, like, first time I heard about this album was literally going through it track by track and like talking about each song. So I'm like familiar with each part. Yeah. That process, when you like hear somebody like go through something. Like you hear critical like dissection of something before you go into it, can make uh even like a shitty piece of media I think a lot better because you're like oh something I fucking know about. so much yeah. about this yeah, uh but hopefully this isn't shitty I I certainly like it and Taxman first song on there I, I you know very amused I remember being very amused by like the count in for example they're just like one, oh yeah two three. Oh, and it's very funny because I didn't notice until this week that there's also the actual counting under that. I didn't actually notice that there's other two voices. There's two voices. So oh, the, I thought it was just kind of like a pun of sorts. Well, the person, per, and it is because the counting that you hear prominently is not him counting in the band. It's him. It's the tax man counting money. Right. Okay. I just heard the other counting. Yeah. Yeah, so then, like, and it does cover it up most. I didn't hear it until this week, but you can hear the band count in just under him about midway through him going, one, two, three, four, bam, bam, ba on out. So, yeah, that's that's a little fun fact. Um, What else did I have to say about this one? There was a good quote by some dude who said, like, with 
these four songs alone, like you say, is like you could recreate pop. If we lost all of pop music overnight, like it was all deleted from history, as long as we had these four songs from Revolver, we could put it back together. Yeah. So that's how that's how like critical these were for well, for pop music. I don't know about that. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of influence there because it's the Beatles, but certainly there's a lot of cool, interesting yeah, a, stuff. Yeah, a quote that gets crazier the further away you get from whatever time the dude made that quote, right? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just looking at stuff like Eleanor Rigby's on here, I was like, I remember being so amazed because in this show they're describing I'm Only Sleeping and talking about how like there's reverse guitar sounds on. I was like, oh, you put it backwards? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even like Talk here, there, and, and everywhere. Like that's in yeah. an episode of Friends, so it's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, and yeah, lots of good stuff. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about tax man because entrepreneurs, baby, it's about business, and it's, about it's business. particularly about the Beatles business. We've talked previously about one how rad the weekend is. Two, how rad being a self-employed musician is. And three, like, how rough the nine-to-five is. And then this is almost counterpart to some of this saying, being a musician, at least a successful one in 1960s UK, not all it's not at all that you'd think. True. I not mean, so it's even, easy. like, it does address this, like, super tax, this, this very high mm-hmm. tax rate um, on the very wealthy. But, I mean, it's it's pretty generally applicable it's just about not liking paying taxes really truth there's, yeah. there's a line that you know is well we'll talk about the lyrics but I mean, yeah, you know we'll it, it, it's specific to their situation but can be interpreted generally yeah well yeah because there's like one like two lines that are directly about the super tax and then the rest is pretty generally just like i'm a tax thing so i'm a tax this i'm a tax that Fuck you, I'm a tax Tax that. everything. And and a lot of people don't like taxes. Oh, yeah, especially boomers. Especially. <laughs> especially. Um, I will say, so, yeah. taxes are a lot easier to stomach if you feel like they're going to something important. Towards something Yeah, important. sort of the other key part of this puzzle, because I, I know that, and this is just me reckoning with my own families my father likes the the one of the versions we'll talk about today the black oak arkansas version uh and also also my father hardcore conservative so like you said people read this kind of at face value like yeah taxes are bad taxation's daft hard right but there is the critical undercurrent of one of the reasons beyond being bankrupt that george harrison wrote this is that there was also the belief or the understanding that all of this money that was that was being taken from them was then being pumped into the military industrial complex which is pretty strongly against what at the very least George Harrison stood for yeah and i mean uh, certainly uh, john lennon wrote songs as well uh, in mm-hmm. that vein so you know anti-war type stuff love everyone yeah. So pretty Love hippie, everyone. but like, you know, not a bad message. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's, I think, for people who, who listen to this song are like, mm, yeah, libertarian Beatles. Like, it's <laughs> not quite that. Yeah. With that, the lyrics. Yeah. One, two, three, four. One, two. 
And then in brackets, it says one, two, three, four, that being the actual count. And now we already talked about that. Yeah, that's kind of hey, like, there it is. yeah, he's counting money, he's counting in the song. Um, he's kind of done in like this low, growly voice, presumably mm-hmm. trying to imitate this like miserly impression of what a tax man is. Yeah, it's a bit cartoonish, it's a bit evil. And also, what a wild way to introduce the brand new Beatles album after being like, we're done with touring, see ya. Here's our new album. Pretty wild to go from like, love, love me do, to one, two, three, four. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what their previous album was. Um, Uh, I'd be like Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul, yeah, okay. Which, while they were getting like a little more experimental, there, like it's it's not by no means is it like super. It's, you get drive my car on that as your yeah. Opening. I've always thought of Rubber Soul as a little more straightforward, although it supposedly inspired Pet Sounds. So, mm. it's like it's like a baby step for them. You get some, you start to get a little weirdness there. You get songs like Norwegian Wood and Nowhere Man, which I think, like, while again not wild, are starting to dip their toes into a bit of experimentation. Yeah, I mean, Norwegian Wood has that sitar, which I, a couple weeks Invented ago, said I music. was going to double check, and it is Norwegian Wood, not Nowhere Man. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. But yes, this is, this is an interesting way to start a new album. Yeah, to say, hello, we're the new Beatles, this is our new phase. I mean, we're the One, same Beatles, but... Three. I guess two, counting three, in is not a bad way to start an album. Uh, Fair enough. But now let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me, because I'm the tax man. Yeah. I'm the tax man. Yeah. So there you go. This is the super tax. Yeah. One for you, 19 for me. If you do the math, they take 95%. The tax man. Like, it's right there. It's, it's a very, like, explicit line. Um, and it rhymes. Yeah. And it's all, you know, the the taxpayer does not have a say. It's just the tax man who gets to say. Yeah, let me hey. tell you how it will be. Yeah. Also, the idea of a tax man is kind of archaic. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there was anything that was a tax man at the time. Like, there, the only time I've actually heard of someone who is a tax collector is, like, the Bible. Right, and this is not, like, yeah, it would just be the tax board. I mean, you get... Yeah, or, like, I, I mean, there are people who work for the whatever their internal yeah, revenue whatever, service whatever is called. Whatever bureau is there. But, like, so you'd call them the tax man, I guess, but it's not like there's a guy going around collecting taxes. And, and there's the sort of historical notion, again, the sort of biblical notion of the tax collector, who are... Uh, generally looked on as dishonest because there is a tax, but then the tax collector kind of, I, as I understood it, would like, you know, they'd charge a bit on top and then they would take the rest. So they would give right. a certain amount of it or perhaps lie about the amount that people gave. So of course. there's there, a yeah, lot this... of, in the idea of like the tax man, the tax collector, there's this sort of idea of like skimming off the top or self-enrichment, dishonesty. Right. And yeah, so we're personifying a a whole like branch of government, basing it in a little bit of history, and also bringing in the history of 1960s television superhero Batman. Yes, which is that is that during the where does that first come in? Um, it comes in when they they sing. I think it is at maybe at the end of the verse one. You get them going, "Taxman." 
Yeah, which I never drew that connection between that and like the Batman theme. Yeah, but not until this week for me. Batman. Yeah, I can hear it now. Yeah, and so him being the tax man, like a a superhero, in in the eyes of the government, but a villain in the eyes of of the people getting taxed. Yeah. So I think there's also that idea present where George Harrison is like, oh yeah, he's the tax man, like the Batman is the Batman. Just like the Batman is the Batman. You know, he's like, hey, it's me on this thing. And you're like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess this was 1966, so that would have been like exactly the time when that would have been popular. Yeah, exactly. Like this one is, so many Beatles songs are like, almost timeless in a way you'd be like oh it's about love and love is forever and this one's like it's about taxes in 1966 and also, <laughs> also kind batman, of batman was on air yeah but you don't really need that stuff even though it mm-hmm. is so specific and then the second verse brings in some more specific things i mean should five percent appear too small yeah there's that one in 20 again five percent mm-hmm. uh be thankful i don't take it all is a threat basically yeah, a, a direct continuation like, of verse one. Be thankful one, really. for what you have. You know, mm-hmm. they're being very sort of they're they're um, dismissing the concerns of yeah. the taxpayer. Yeah, and, and and implying that they could take everything to the government. Yeah. And yeah, so that's it. He's still a dick. He could take more in theory. Um, and with that, we come to the bridge. If you drive a car, I'll tax the street. If you try to sit, sit. I'll tax your seat. If you get too cold, cold, I'll tax the heat. If you take a walk, walk. I'll tax your feet. Taxman. Taxman. Yeah, it's, I mean, just a bunch of arbitrary things to tax. It's sort of this hyperbolic statement of, like, they just tax everything because they can. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, like, I don't know. I mean, they do tax the heat, don't they? Uh, probably. Like, don't you pay tax on utilities, like, a little bit? Maybe not. I would assume so. Man, I don't know. I I'm going to be honest with you. I don't pay the the utility bill directly. That's my roommate's responsibility. Yeah, that's the same here. So, so I just give him money. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, anyway. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it's that. Tax the street. What does that even mean? What does it mean to tax your seat? Also, they repeat the lines here. So they say, if you drive a car, car. So you try to sit, sit. And I, like, until this week, was always so confused by that. Like, I never knew what they were saying. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, I don't know. He described, like he says, if you drive a some kind of car. Right. And I was like, well, I don't know what he says. Probably some British term that means something that I don't know about. And I just accepted it. Yeah, well, they're say, just repeating. Hello, you drive a car, car. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> the British saying, you oh, try you to your do car, a car. sit, sit. All right. Sounds hey, good. Is it too cold, cold in here? Cold, cold. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's very straightforward, but uh, it's it was mysterious to me for a long time. Yeah. But not important well, enough to look up. Fair enough. So one thing worth noting is is that eventually what what he ta- the tax man taxes starts out as like a city owned thing, the street. It comes down to a seat and the heat, which are both like still not like connected to. He eventually taxes your feet, 
That's your own body, yeah, dog. He's cutting cutting bits of you off. Yeah, he's he's going, you know what? It doesn't even matter if it's you. I'm a fucking tax it. Cause I'm the tax man. Yeah. yeah. No boundaries. And then tax man. That's right. And then a guitar solo. Paul and then McCartney. there's a guitar solo, yeah. Um Yeah, apparently Paul McCartney played this guitar solo. Um I, j- I saw a quote where basically George Harrison just said, like, I wasn't bothered by it, so I don't know. I guess he was the guitar player, but they were all just kind yeah. of recording, so there was like anyway. some there was some account from like an audio engineer. He was like, George Harrison couldn't fucking do it. He was bad at the guitar, he couldn't make the solo work, so Paul McCartney stepped in and showed him what's what. And then George Harrison's like, yeah, it wasn't really like that. I, I asked Paul if he wanted to do it, and he was like, yeah, I'll fucking do it. And then he did it, and I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely heard a lot of those. Well, every once in a while, something pops up, and it'll be an article be like, actually, the Beatles were terrible. Like, I don't know. They seem to make some decent music to me. Um, yeah. Like, they struggled like, in the studio a bit. Yeah, it's like, like, we got to do that. Okay. Yeah, maybe they weren't, like, the most talented. Like, is that this huge gotcha? Like, if they were, yeah. like, the most technically capable artists? Like, I don't know. Is that that big a deal? Yeah, people... Sometimes people are just trying to get words on digital paper to make a little money, Alex. True. I guess I guess you gotta, in some ways, respect it, because that they've been pushed into that situation mm-hmm. by, by market forces or something like that. That's business. Right. By business. Um, typically by student loans, if, if my life is anything to go by. Uh, another interesting thing while we're talking about sort of contributions on this song in particular, George Harrison is kind of portrayed as being a guy who was about the, more about the music than about who got credits. He was like, oh, we're going to make a good song first and foremost. So that's it, painted in that story of him being like, Paul McCartney did the best solo, so he, he fucking gets to be the, the solo on this. Mm-hmm. I'm not fighting for that credit. I want what's good for the song. And that's also why he uh, got some lyrical assistance from John Lennon. And John Lennon has a quote on that in 1980. He says, I threw in a few one-liners to help the song along because that's what he asked for. He came to me because he couldn't go to Paul because Paul wouldn't have helped him at that period. Uh, Lennon said he was reluctant to agree to Harrison's request since it was, quote, enough to do my own and Paul's songs. But he did so because, quote, I loved him and didn't want to hurt his feelings. Lennon bitching a little bit about doing too much work (laughs) yeah also possibly subtly kind of um ribbing maybe I don't know taking a taking a bit of a swing at Paul McCartney because he's like it's enough to do my songs and also his songs right well that's a classic Lennon move isn't it he's like well I really did all the work for the band I wore the little circular glasses and that's why I'm the best (laughs) the best Beatle Anyway, time uh, for I verse couldn't three. See through as much of my field of vision. It was very <laughs> restricted. Anyway. Um, Don't ask me what I want it for. Ha ha, Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. If you, if you don't want to pay some more. Ha ha, Mr. Heath. Because I'm the tax man. Yeah, I'm the tax yeah. man. Again, kind of similar to before where he said, like, be thankful I don't take it all. And now saying, like, you know, I could take more uh, if you keep inquiring. So, similar implication. Yeah. And uh, yeah, don't ask me what I want it for. This yeah. is the, the line about where's all this tax money going? Is it the military-industrial complex? Right, or like whatever. Self-enrichment. I mean, that's something we hear about a lot these days. Right. Is like funneling money into 
especially in Alberta. There's a lot of accusations about money funneling, mu- put, putting money into uh, places that will enrich politicians. It's not a new concept. No, certainly not. Yeah, and not enrich the population. A lot of accusations. Um, and then specifically bringing up a few politicians who were British politicians at the time. The uh, Mr. Wilson, Harold Wilson, the Prime Minister of the UK. Mm-hmm. The uh, Labour Party? Yes, I believe so. And then um, Edward Heath, the Conservative opposition leader. So, yeah. That's right. And the Labour Party was, of course, responsible for the high taxes that this song is about. So naturally, you include a jab at him. And presumably at Edward Heath, I guess, like, the Conservative Party must have not been better. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly how their um, system of government works, but they probably, to some degree, had to work together. Um, mm-hmm. I know, like, if it's a majority government, because I think their parliament is set up similar to Canada's, so a majority government can pretty much just do whatever they want. Right. But I don't really know if they needed cooperation in this case or what. Yeah. But it's also like, I mean, one of the comments says this is suggests that it was like a way of remaining neutral so he wasn't like specifically calling out one party or politician right just like two people that represent large political parties so it's not like oh look i i don't like any of them sort of thing right yeah i don't like politicians in general yeah being like i don't like this particular policy or group of policies or something so it's like Although it is. It's, it's, it gets a little political, but it's not like super specific or anything. Right. In a way I mean, well, like, it is super specific, and that he doesn't like this super tax. True. But <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's super he, specific in what he's talking about, but he doesn't like address a specific ideology or anything. Yeah, but I, I guess like if you just said, "Haha, Mr. Wilson," people would be like, "The Beatles come out in support of the uh, Mr. Heath." <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, maybe that's not the case. So yeah, once you start naming specifics, it's good to name both to give you a little more ambiguity. Yeah, because, I mean, really, he just didn't like the tax. And those are people mm-hmm. associated with setting that tax. So, Also, the 60s, I, I, rock and roll musicians didn't really like politicians in general. So a pretty, pretty safe call to say he probably didn't like Edward Heath either. Probably. Yeah. That's definitely a feeling I've had before. It's like, well, we could vote someone else in, but would it even matter? Exactly. So. Feeling of powerlessness in the face of large, you know, political, large amounts of power. That's right. That are not yours. So, and that brings us to verse four. Now, my advice for those who die, tax man. Declare the pennies on your eyes. Tax man. Tax man. I'm the tax man. I'm the tax yeah, I'm the man. tax man. A reference to, to the underworld, to, to the river Styx. Yes, the idea of... Greek tradition. Putting coins on a, on a corpse's eyes when they're buried so they'd be able to pay the ferryman or whatever to get across, yeah. I guess, in this case, the river Styx. I don't know if That's there right. were... There were probably other beliefs that are similar where you need... To bring some stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that idea. But you got to declare them. It's like absurd, but you got to declare them. Because if you don't declare all your income, 
then you're going to get audited or whatever. Exactly. That's it's very funny. But hey, that's taxable income. You got those pennies. It's, yeah. <laughs> you're making money. <laughs> also, yeah, they're pennies. Like they're worthless, essentially. They're worthless. You're and dead. You're dead, but they don't <laughs> care because they, they want a piece of the pie. That's right. And as we just we learned in the outro, you're working for no one but me. Tax, tax man. man. Yeah, because that's where the money's going. And I mean, honestly, in the Beatles situation, it sounds like if they're I mean, it it seems unbelievable, almost, that, like, the idea of, like, you could make a significant income, but because of that, you were pushed to... Um, to poverty. Poverty, yeah. <laughs> which the, or, or bankruptcy seems uh, very strange to the point where I would be like, are, were they using... Uh, what is this? Like, what, like, tax brackets properly? What's that called? Yeah, because typically my understanding of tax brackets is like your your money up to X amount is taxed at this level. Then everything past that level is taxed at another amount. And then, you know, so and so on beyond that. As you make more money, a certain chunk of your money, not all of it, is subject to a higher tax rate. Yeah. So I'm just curious about the story. Like, they they were like, how do you get to that point i guess in their situation they were probably just getting checks from whoever and then spending a lot of money and then they had to pay their taxes and they didn't have the money for it kind of thing that's mm-hmm. my guess i don't know i don't know I'm not so sure according to uh, here's some like some genius stuff here um first a quote from harrison who stated in those days we paid 19 shillings and six pence out of every pound there were 20 shillings in the pound so they paid most of that that's of course that's from harrison so moving on to a bloomberg article quote it says the top rate for british taxpayers in the mid-1960s reached 83 percent the wealthiest among them paid a 15 percent super tax on top of that pushing taxes as high as 98 percent and uh according to their accountant harold pinsker the first 100,000 pounds earned was taxed at 87.5 percent and the second at 98 so it does seem like there was some tax bracketing, but it was already at such high levels. <laughs> like the... Okay. So maybe this 5% is a bit of an exaggeration. I wouldn't know how to average it out. Depend. I mean, I guess it depends on how much they made after that 100,000 pound mark. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, even at that, that's not a ton to live off of. At least not by these days. I don't know what living was like in, in fucking 1960s UK. Yeah, and then there's some other quotes about, like, oh, Brian Epstein was, like, paying us 25 pounds a week each or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some deal. So, anyway, I, I don't know what the specifics were, but it sounds like, obviously, they were upset. Yeah. <laughs> to speak and there, it's, it was not unusual for British bands to, they become what were called tax exiles. Uh, yeah, you definitely f- hear stories of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jethro Tull even has like an album that they recorded or tried to record, and I think it's like demo tapes now. Mm-hmm. Like they basically just ran to France for a while and recorded in some like chateau. Anyway, yeah, lots of lots of that. Lots of that. So yeah, this is what it was like to be a successful British band in the sixties. They call it Chateau Disaster, but it's like D apostrophe Isaster. It's just a little uh, pun on the, French. Disaster. Disaster. 
It's great. Fantastic. For easy as fishing, you too could pay 95% taxes on your income. If you can make sounds louder, mellow. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> that is uh, key. So that's the lyrics of the song. Pretty straightforward. Uh, pretty it's rich in that, in that it really, you know, captures their their anger at this very specific period of time. Yeah, and it's a very specific thing with not actually that many lines. Like each verse is like a single rhyming couplet with a mm-hmm. with a refrain stuck on the end. Yeah, like 60% of the words in this are probably tax man. Yeah. Sung like Batman. Batman. Mr. Wilson. And um yeah, but what's the rest what's the rest of it like? What's the music like? That's what um, I want to know. It's pretty interesting stuff. So we open with that count in well, and uh, some coughing and a sort of like I guess it must be a tape noise or something. It's like yeah, something like that. It it must be right if it's 1966. Just kind of like yeah. it sounds like a reel of some sort. Yeah, and like there's there's like some tuning maybe noise. It's like studio noise. Yeah, yeah, it's a real like that and that too. I think gives it an opening track feel. This sort of setting up noise. Right. This is the start, and then you kind of put up the the like back walls kind of thing while you're playing mm-hmm. uh, the, i meant the three walls on the stage if that right makes sense. Yeah, yeah 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 i think it does i think so yeah and then they kind of jump right in yeah they got you, this then, riff going I, on as you hear uh, the guy counting you hear in in the left audio it was very weird listening to this this oh, right. i'm listening to the remastered 2009 version and everything is like mono it's not nothing you don't ever hear anything in both sides i found so like a lot of the instruments are pushed into the left i had to like take them out because it was sort of jarring and it had a weird like demo feel to it because everything seemed to be separate yeah there is a lot of that and the beatles did a lot of that kind of stuff for their stereo um recordings like they Mm -hmm. I mean, in this one, like you, they come in with the the opening guitar riff, and then the bass, which actually the bass does most of the riff at this point. Boom, boom, boom. Um, yeah, and it's, it's just like guitar all sticks. Left. Yeah. And like this is like some people said a precursor to punk rock, and it's a pretty simple setup. It's like simple like, anger song. Yeah, so having it like mixed so strangely is like throws throws me off. Guitars just playing those two chords. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, the way the Beatles mix things kind of didn't really catch on. Certainly, we don't do it anymore. Just like mm-hmm. heavy panning, like all the time. Although you can hear a little bit of like the rest of it in in the right side, but it's it's a very small amount. Yeah. Um. And then everything kind of follows the the riff at the start. So, like, even the drums. Well, yeah, they don't come in until after the line. Oh, right. Hitting the cymbal. And then they kind of do, like, the... Which is really what the bass is kind of doing. And then the guitar is reinforcing that by playing these, like, kind of stings. And um, what else? I mean, Ringo always has interesting drums. I... I've defended All right, I lied. Ringo the drums the are there past. right off the bat. Yeah, you're a Ringo, like Ringo apologist. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think he has some interesting interesting drum drum patterns. But he's not even the best drum drummer patterns. in the Beatles. Um, I heard him call them one time. Uh, <laughs> classic. I don't even know if that was really said or not, but it's very funny. Um, mm-hmm. And then they kind of keep doing that throughout for the verse. They play that they play that riff, uh, and then the lines are very, pretty spaced out. They kind of do a riff in between the lines. They do the, like, let me tell you how it will be. Bum, bum, da, bum, bum, bum. For you, 19 for me. You, 19 for me. And then into that, that refrain. Because I'm the tax man. Uh, yeah, you get a little like, snare roll. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then a cowbell. And then a cowbell. But the cowbell is You're very right. much in your right, on the right side. As is the, oh, sorry, the cowbell comes in. Does it come in in this refrain? No, it. It's the later refrain, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure yeah, yeah. I'm not sure it's in yet. Uh, that's after the second verse, because we do go into the second verse. Um, but no, yeah, you're right. about Yeah, it like goes on the symbols. Lots of symbols for that first refrain. Mm-hmm. And of course, worth noting here, George Harrison is on lead vocals, which is not necessarily a common occurrence. I think you got John and Paul on backing vocals, because there's a lot of harmony going on here. There is. But it's George yeah. Harrison up front. Yeah. Which he does a little more later on in the Beatles, but mm-hmm. this was relatively early. Like this was kind of before they really moved into their. This is one of, like one of their first like just in the studio albums, right? Yeah. So it's before they really got into the wacky stuff. Really more a Lennon McCartney thing before. Yeah. Um. Second verse, tambourine. Yeah. Refrain. Second refrain, cowbell. Uh, and then like a squeak or like a dog bark or something. It's probably a squeak, but I've been thinking about dogs this week, so. Right. Uh, just kind of a weird little sound at the bottom. Uh, it's pretty consistent this song. There's like yeah. that that riff that kind of continues throughout. Um, mm-hmm. Although. And then it it, it goes, goes a little the, more buck on the bridge. The bridge, especially the but bass. It's, the bass, yeah, and it's so smooth that movement to it though. Like like you said, the song's consistent. It's like butter. There is changes, but they they come on so naturally. It's hard to hard to be like, oh, this is a big shift. But yeah, that yeah, bass goes, like it kind of maintains the same sound, and the drums mm-hmm. don't change all that much. And so it like feels consistent. But yeah, there's like I never noticed the bass in this part doing like but like it's doing a lot of just yeah, just ripping on this bridge. Yeah, that I just absolutely did not hear before. Yeah, very cool, but you know, it's you're kind of I think distracted by the vocal shift because we're certainly you're getting True. this like call and response thing. If you drive down Texas, if you how do that thing, Texman? Yeah, where you really get like the backup vocals coming in from Lennon and McCartney. Yeah. And uh, yeah, interesting part. Interesting to listen. For the bass line, because uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it is wild. And then that bridge leads into a solo by also Paul McCartney. Right, playing the guitar. While he continues to play the bass. No, I'm kidding. Amazing. <laughs> How many arms does this guy have? <laughs> two. He has too two. many. Too He's many arms, I tell you. Too many arms. Too many. Um. Yeah, so he plays this solo. The solo, they... A lot of people say, oh, it's like Eastern influenced as a like a nod to George Harrison, who was getting into 
sort of Eastern philosophy and things like that at the time, it didn't really hit me as that. Yeah, I don't know what would that I don't know what that what would, would mean, signify honestly. it as that. Yeah, it's also I've just known it for such a long time. Like I I've, I've known this solo since before i've known a lot of other rock and roll solos so it doesn't seem like not rock and roll to me right yeah it doesn't seem out of place (laughs) and i don't have like any background in like indian music really Mm -hmm. i don't hear it i just hear uh, a a beetle playing a rock and roll guitar here's what i can tell you too like Uh, high and yeah it is exactly right that was another one of the things about this album when they were recording was they were like trying to do it somewhere else like i think they had some plans to record it in america instead of recording at uh abbey road but then they had some like some things fell through and they ended up just doing it in the uk and are it's sort of like credited with being a big part of the like bright british rock sound Mm -hmm. that came after yeah, that's right. I, I recall that. reading that as well. Yeah, it was actually influenced heavily by them recording in this British studio, which is a wild thing to think about. It's not ever something I've thought about in the recording process. Is literally like where, like geographically, you're recording yeah. it. You think like, oh, you recorded at a studio, and it's either like a high tech one or it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's binary. It's the studio or not the studio. Yeah, right? Like, it's the studio or it's some dude's garage. Yeah. And and not where that studio is. Like, it's it's wild to me that it would have such a profound effect that they could actually point out and say, like, well, here's the reason a lot of this sound sounds that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the the people working. It's the equipment they have, you know? It all just... Mm -hmm. There's so many, like, tiny little factors that, that play into these things. Who was present? What was going on? You know? If someone turn, happened to turn the TV on, they go into these creative endeavors that uh, it's, it's impossible to nail them all down, I guess. Mm-hmm. So jumping back to this solo, I have a quote here from Musicologist. Hang on a second. Ah, Musicologist. That's musicologist uh, Alan Pollock, who describes it as fast triplet, tr- fast triplets, fast triplets, exotic modal touches in a melodic shape, which transverse, which traverses several octaves and ends with a breathtaking upward flourish. So, so that's uh, it, it has exotic modal touches is apparently what makes it Indian, I guess. Okay, sounds like notes to me, but it sounds cool. I mean, obviously, this is like one of the early ones for me. I keep talking, mm-hmm. we keep ta- covering songs, and I keep saying like I don't remember not knowing this song. Mm-hmm. This one was like significant enough in my early days that I do remember not knowing it. Right. I remember first hearing it, honestly, which is unusual. But it's a strong memory I have, so and I know this solo very well in my mind. Like not playing it or anything, but <laughs> in my yeah. mind. Yeah. And it rocks. It's such a good solo they use it twice in this song. Yeah, it comes back in at the end. Yeah, it's the outro. So from that solo, we rip to a uh, back to the the uh, refrain because I'm yeah. the tax man. Yeah. yeah, I'm the tax man. And at this point, the um, the guitar starts to play a little bit more with the the guitar from the solo. I think starts to play along with the riff. 
Uh, yeah, so, this so it is does what the bass of, has been doing. Yeah, like so this now the guitar is playing what I would consider like the full riff. Yeah. This is kind of the part that I would identify as the riff just in my memory because listening to the start, the guitar doesn't actually play that much of the riff. Yeah, it just does like the point. first two notes. Yeah. But now that so comes yeah, in, in the refrain. And then we go into another verse. Yeah. So this, this is, is where the backup vocals come in more during the verse. Yeah, it's so where you're ha-ha, Mr. Wilson. Yeah. Ha-ha, Mr. Heath. Ha-ha, Mr. Wilson. And it sort of goes back and forth here, because when the backup vocals are in, the solo guitar is not playing anymore, and then it comes back mm-hmm. for the line. Yeah, they really the give those backup vocals some space. Mm-hmm. The drums also switch between tambourine and cowbell. Play tambourine yeah. um, during the like main lines and then during the backup lines play cowbell. So maybe that's another part of giving them space. Maybe. I don't know. Um, we move pretty swiftly from there to what is the, the final verse, the pennies on the eye verse. Getting your tax mans after every line. Tax man! Mm-hmm. Yeah, at that point, that's the backup vocals. Shouting, tax man. Yeah. And then in the uh, the outro line, you're working for no one. Right? Things get a little darker. We get that lead guitar doing this. This little two-note pattern. Yeah, and like the bass starts to boom, 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 walk down a little bit. So you really yeah. do get that like descending. It's very like kind of insidious more so in some of the covers but you definitely get that in in the original as well in the original yeah it's definitely meant to make you think like oh shit the tax man is evil but then it goes tax man and then he just rips a solo out again <laughs> by what you mean they they just plugged it back in yep they do the solo part again and then um yeah that fades out it's the end Faded out yeah. That's how you make this, the hit song Taxman by the Beatles. Yeah. An interesting song. Uh, honestly, like looking at the Wikipedia page, there were a lot of like different influences listed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I don't know. I have no idea. Like it says like soul music. Yeah. I, I have no idea what they're talking about. M- Motown bassist James Jamerson. It's just uh, the bass line? Con- yeah, just for the bass line there. Okay. Sure. Why not? Um, I mean, Batman, the theme song, is listed as an inspiration. True, true. Uh, Rolling Stone described the track as skeleton funk. Harrison's choppy fuzz-toned guitar chords moving against an R&B dance beat, which I guess would be mostly McCartney doing his bass line there, influenced by Motown bassist. And then you got the Eastern-influenced guitar solo. And baby, that's the Beatles. That's they, They're influenced by all that shit, baby. and it made this. That's the Beatles. That's the Beatles, baby. Um, yeah, cool song. Not not what I think of typically when somebody's like, "Hey, what's what's a really cool Beatles song?" But this one's pretty goddamn good. Yeah, gotta love Revolver. I have to. It's literally mandatory. Yeah. But it's time to show some love to the cover versions, Alex. We got a hundred of them to talk about today. We got a hundred. Some of in. them, I think, will go quickly, but. I say that all the time, and then they don't, so let's go. Yeah, and then we're, it's a three-hour episode. So we're going to start off by talking about Junior Parker in 1970. Because I'm the tax man. Yes, I'm the tax man. That man is rough. Now dig this. 
Junior Parker. That's a name that I like vaguely recognize, but I don't know the material really. Yeah, same here. It's like, like a, probably cited as an influence on a lot of people's lives. But he's an American Memphis blues singer and musician, best known for his honeyed, velvet smooth vocals. And he died in 1971, so like a year after this cover version was released. And the yeah. Al Green song, Take Me to the River, is dedicated to him. Which you might know more by the Talking Heads version. Drop me in the water. Yeah, I know the Talking Heads version more than anything. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <coughs> oh, fuck, he's dying, Alex. I'm dying, I'm okay. I'm better. So this version is a natural fit. It's straight up blues. He talks things his way through it. We get some, some drums bringing us in. Yeah, this version's like very, very like we talked about how there was some smoothness to the last one. This yeah. one is just complete like butter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like it is slower too. They slow it down, but like, and like briefly pick it up, but like it's it's very smooth all the time. Um, and then like he's kind of got, like you said, it's like more talk singing. It feels more casual. His voice is smooth. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of like build the groove a little bit. Yeah. So it's just, just like boom, bam, boom, boom, boom. Sometimes they go a little quick. They go. Yes, it really goes between that. Like that's the verse. They do that. Boom, 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 boom. And then there's also there's an electric piano in there too. It only plays a little mm-hmm. bit. It plays like two chords, just like very briefly. Yeah. As part of that. And like that's kind of the the groove, I guess the drums as well. Um and then once they get into the refrain, yeah, it does more like a da 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 da. Yeah. And then and the what's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. The EP sticks around, but it just kind of is higher. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say what's interesting here is his uh his vocal performance which involves him both singing the song where he says, I'm the tax man, and then him, like, commenting on the song as he's singing. He's right. like, oh, he's rough. He's, he just, like, throws in some of these parentheticals. Yeah. And he's just like, and this is awful. I'll tax your feet. Yeah. Like, I'll tax your feet. Yeah, he's like, tax man is something else, isn't he? Just, like, yeah. talking to the audience. Wow, it's That's something I feel like you can only get away with in this style of music. But I think he pulls it off. Yeah, definitely. Some like I feel like you have to have, it's it's like it's like an acting thing, I think you have to sell it, you mm-hmm. know, like I would have trouble because I would be too sarcastic, like you have to be really earnest about it, yeah, I um, believe what you're saying, yeah, so yeah, it's definitely tricky, also, I wanted to make a correction because I said before that the faster parts of the refrain, but that's not true. That's between like his his spoken word lines in the verse. So he'll say, "Whatever, let me tell you how it's gonna be, or whatever." And then da 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 da, and then boom, boom, banana. There's one for you, ninth. Like slows yeah. down again. So I, yeah, not does not speed up for the refrain. No, in fact, it slows it right back down. Slows down then he does refrain, some actual yeah. singing. Yeah, but yeah, throws in a lot of those those like parentheticals when he's yeah. doing that talking. Um, another thing that happens on the refrain, the guitar gets some like bluesy licks in. 
So even yeah. though like we're grooving and really his his speaking slash singing later on is more of the focus uh, than anything. It's kind of like the story. Like he's talking to you and telling you this thing. Yeah. Um, they're still like in the background. The guitar gets to gets to play around a little bit, play some licks. Yeah, give us a little something in between lines, in between mm. the the refrain and the next verse. Yeah, but it's all meant to just like set the mood of this blues styled song. I mean, it's um, and he switches things up in the bridge as well. If you drive a truck, I'll tax the street. Right. And then he says, if, if you, you try, try to, to fix it. Mm-hmm. Fix it. Fix it. I will tax your seat. I'll tax your seat. And then the like the yeah. groove switched here a bit, too. It's more of a boom. Down, 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 down. Boom, boom, down, down. It's a bit more start and stop on it. But yeah, it's a very clear bridge. And uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. This version's very cool. The cool version for cool people. Yes, very cool version for very cool people. Um, we go back to, I mean, yeah, and then it kind of goes, keeps doing that stuff. It doesn't do the names and the backups. It just sticks with his, like, lines. He kind of repeats some things. So, like, on the, um, like, if you don't want to pay some more line, he says, like, if you don't want to pay, uh, pay some more. So, yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah. so slow. Yeah, he makes he it his own. fit in so many words. In between, yeah. you know, the when when he says them, and and that, yeah. yeah, 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 continues yep, yep, like yep. that. No, you were gonna say something. What's up? Continues like that. I was gonna say, does it sound like like he says, "Beware the pennies on your eye"? It does. I think he does say that. Yeah. Um. Don't know exactly why. I guess yeah. Like, watch out because they're gonna charge taxes on those right. two. All right, because I'm gonna yeah. snag those fucking pennies, like yeah. on the tax man. Like it still makes sense, but it's uh it's a little silly. It's a kind of a fun thing to hear because a couple of other versions do it too. It gives me a little giggle. <laughs> um, and then yeah, it kind of has a bit of a build for the end because like it it does a refrain and then picks up a bit. So it's not like the super fast parts from between lines or anything, but it's it's picking up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes down to like bass and EP and just as the outro line. So there's a little more focus on that outro line. That you're working for no one but me. Yeah. And then he adds even some more ad-libbing in the end. As they kind of groove out. Because it's really mm -hmm. stuck in this, this groove. This groove groove. Mm-hmm. So are those words related closely enough that that pun is unnecessary? Maybe. Stuck in a groove. Is that why it's called a groove? Because you're like kind of stuck like in, in it? Because like you're in the pocket? Yeah. Huh. Um. He kind of ends this one on a lot of ad libbing. Says that man, tax is, man is. Says rough. that man is rough a lot. Tax man is rough. He can come and get you anytime you want. Would you believe he can come and get your lady? Then he says that tax man is a flip. A, f a flip. Yeah. Well, damn. Yeah. I don't know what that even means. Is that a racist slur for Filipino? Could be. Could be. That seems like too specific, and I feel like that's not. <laughs> I don't think that's, that's not a racial imagine? stereotype I've ever heard of. Goes with the whole thing. He's like, that tax man's Filipino. Oh, a flip, <laughs> Whoa. A flip is Junior someone. Parker. 
It's if you flip. Well, here I mean, if you go on Urban Dictionary, I looked it up, and it says if you flip something, you make a profit out of it. It it's mm. not used as a noun in that case. Uh, what is a flip person? To um, sell someone out to bird. the police. A racial. So it is. Yeah, racial slur. Okay. Go is it bad see. to say frickin'? I I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at related searches when okay. I looked up flip slang. Flip something like if you want to know, probably not. What a strange thing to ask Google. Mm-hmm. It's like, Google doesn't give a shit what you say. Do you know how much porn Google has seen? Too much. All right, who's up next? This one is is one that you... Mentioned earlier. Yes. Black Oak, Arkansas. So you said this is one that you were familiar with. 1975, loosely. Black Oak, Arkansas, 1975. Yes, well, my father... I was a fan of the Southern rock band named after their hometown. Uh, I didn't actually know this version for a long time. Until okay. I, I got into the Beatles, and I was like, Tax Man. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, I love that Black Egg Arkansas version. I said, okay, covers suck, Dad. <laughs> Why would yeah. I ever spend my time listening to covers? No one I likes said. cover music. Interesting Foolishly. band, though. Um, yeah. Looking them up, uh, they are from... Black Oak, Arkansas. They're named after their hometown. Um, they supposedly stole the PA system from their high school and set it up in a grain bin and just like played loud music. And then they got charged mm. with grand larceny and sentenced to 26 years uh, in prison. But they ran away to live in northern Arkansas and play music there. <laughs> and they were, I think, <laughs> acquitted later. Um, so yeah, that sounds like a fake backstory from some bands, but apparently it it's real. Um, and they don't sound like they look at all. No. Uh, I watched a video of this, them performing this song live. Uh, supposedly, David Lee Roth got a lot of insp- took a lot of inspiration from their lead singer. They definitely okay. have a similar look. Yeah. Um, and holy shit, tight pants. You want to see a guy's dick through his pants? Watch this video all right, <laughs> of this Doug. performance. You piqued uh, my interest. Because it is there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know the song Lord Have Mercy on My Soul by them, which is a, it's a long song. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I had not heard of these guys before. Jim Dandy looks familiar. I wonder if I know their version of it. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that's, that's Dick Through Trow right there. Yep. On display, my friend. Just, just out there. All right. Well, yeah, this is Black Oak, Arkansas. It's a rock band. They play, and they like you, like you said, if they influence Dave Lee Roth, they're hard rock more than Southern rock. They're known for having multiple guitar players, and they're the mm-hmm. raspy-voiced mm-hmm. singer who uh, also is known for, for his antics, I suppose, like stealing PA systems. Yeah, he also kind of sounds like um, uh, Axl Rose almost, like with the, for the rasp. A little bit. Yeah. At times, but more like raspy all the time. 
Um, but yes, kind of hard rock. Some of the guitar tones are a little more of that like southern rocky feel, and obviously they are southern. And this is this one definitely feels like honest. Like they definitely don't like taxes. Oh, for sure. Um, and it comes with a bit of, of the like, rant, like you said. End. Yeah, it comes with a bit of that Wild West vibe. It's like a a little, little bit twang on that guitar. The guitar there, yeah. There's like that like high pitched noise that comes oh, in yeah. at the start there. The woo. Yeah. Yeah. It does have a little western sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um, they play the riff, kind of. It's like different. Yeah. It's like more even. It's not as. Yeah, they kind of remove the spaces between. But they really, like you said, they're known for having like more guitar players. So there's a lot of sounds happening in this. Yeah, so you get one doing like the rhythmic stings. You get one playing that section, the the like actual riff. You get some drums going. Yeah, pretty fast. Like they get like sixteenth note cymbals, particularly on the bridge. I noticed, or not the bridge, the verse. I noticed, but um, yeah, they get faster on the drums. Hmm. And then there's also like some horns on this. When did the horns come in? They came in. I wish I would have marked it. Um, like thirty seconds. Is that or twenty eight? Did I not notice wow. horns come in? Oh shit! Yeah, there's kind of a lot yeah, of sounds in this one. I don't know. I that's pretty struggled with rich audibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like a fair like like in the second verse, you get like a guitar that plays between the lines. Um, that's right. Pretty. It's very echoey. Which sounded fairly southern rocky to me. Yeah, you get a bit of that, like, echoes of the, the great vast plains on that guitar. Right, or like you're playing in a grain elevator. Or what was it, a grain silo? A grain, grain silo. I don't a know the difference bin. between yeah. all those things. I Some sort of grain them. containment unit. Yeah, something for grain. Something for grain. Um, also worth noting, since in the refrain he says, I'm your tax man. I'm your tax man. My own tax man. Yeah, real raspy. Real raspy. He's still around, too. God, he must sound like shit these days. That's just my guess. I just did that voice for five seconds. I don't think I'm going to be able to talk for the rest of the week. Underdog Heroes. Black Oak, Arkansas. Uh, anyway, uh, all right, Alex. Let's keep it on. Keep it on track let's, let's here. Keep it going. Let's keep it going. Uh, what happens? Uh, they they do a build. I mean, we talked about how they have a lot of. Um, we talk. We talk. We talk about the bridge first. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. No, talk about this bridge. We've set up. There's the, it's, it's instrumentally rich. Yeah. And it only becomes more so in the bridge. Yeah. More bad. They have backups. Uh, they don't do the repeat thing. Because yeah. no, one, no one does the repeat thing. <laughs> they no, say drive a truck as well. If you drive a truck. Yeah. Uh, they got that fast bass going on. And then there's like another guitar riff they throw in to lead into that after bit where they just do the text, man. Yeah. And then their own guitar solo. I mean, and again, yeah, solo fits their sound. Pretty, yeah. pretty short. Yeah, and they get some big hand claps in this section, too. 
hand claps, clapping their hands. Big, yeah, and like tambourine big ones, and tambourine, of course. Yeah, but we're clapping along because you gotta clap along. It's an audience thing. And then we come into the uh, the ha ha verse, and they've replaced it with two other individuals. Yes, who I have no idea who they were. Um, yeah, ha ha Alexander. Yeah, and Mr. Borman. Oh, maybe Mr. Borman. I, I heard I Mr. Foreman. Could be yeah, Foreman. Could be it could as be well. Because I, I looked at Borman, and that's a Nazi. Okay. But like, other than that, I, I don't think they would have. Alexander, obviously Alexander the Great. Known for his heavy taxation <laughs> policy. Heavy taxation policy. Uh, that could be true, honestly. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. But yeah, so they uh, have taken a step that a lot of other artists will take as well, which is plug in, I assume, political figures. Yeah, of modern the time political early. figures, whoever yeah. they may be. I, I assume. I have no idea who they are. I, yeah, not a clue who they are, but they picked their own guys to to laugh at, which is a good move. It's a solid move. Yeah. Because obviously, what do these guys care about Mr. Heath and Mr. Wilson? Nothing. Nothing. A lot of people just don't do the line at all, either. That's true. Or they don't do the backup part. Um, they've also, like, I jumped between the verses a couple times. Mm-hmm. They've really just turned everything up. Like, well, the drum's yeah. playing more like kicks. But, like, I think the vocals and the bass are just kind of turned up. They're just louder. Yeah. Yeah. But there's lots of sounds. Yeah. And so we get the the, the outro line. You're working for me only at, like, with a minute left in the song. Yeah. And they, they don't do any fourth verse. Mm-hmm. Because they got to do his rant. Yeah. Did you? I couldn't understand all the words. You've got to give up all your share, understand? Or you, oh. something, something, beware, little man. Or you get something, something, you something. I need your money. You're getting my I'll inspection for your protection. Is that later? Oh, there you go. That might be I'm later. sorry, honey. Later. I need your money. I'll take sorry, the heat honey, out of your, your house or the food yep. from your baby's mouth. The more you make, the more I take. Tell me, do you understand? Uh, and then he says, working for the man w- twice. Working for the man. And then. I wrote sounds. I don't know if he keeps talking though. I think I think it is just sounds. <laughs> okay, and then it kind of fades out as he's. It's hard to hear because it's fading out. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get the beginning. I got haha. You got a gumagobo shaya. <laughs> <laughs> Turns into a baby. <laughs> and then they take the food out of his mouth. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so uh, this is why my dad is a staunch conservative, is, <laughs> I think, my theory. Doesn't <laughs> like taxes. Insane rant at the end of this version of Taxman. It's like, you're right. It's bizarre how long that, like, the only thing I knew about my, my father's political inclinations was that he didn't like taxes. <laughs> that might still be true. I'd have to, I'd have to reassess my own reassess, yeah. mind to know. Definitely still true of mine. Um, you know, he's pretty. He pretty much developed his political opinions, I think, from this. And then it's like, well, I got those from this taken song. care of. Ah, Black Oak, Arkansas. They got that covered tax man, huh? Time uh. to vote. Tab, not a bad hard rock version. Uh, no, pretty solid. Honestly, pretty good. Pretty solid. Odd voice, but like mm-hmm. in an interesting distinctive. Way. Distinctive. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. Now let's cross the pond. Let's cross this pond in the year 1980 to talk about chili. Cause I'm the tax man. Yeah. 
Chile. Um, seems to, Chile like cold. Just to be clear. Sorry, no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, they're German. They're a Euro disco slash rock band. Uh, seems yeah. to be mostly like dance type mixes of of popular songs. Yeah. And they existed from 1978 to 1983. Yeah, and this kind of version like we're talking about today is like a 2014 remix or remaster of that. It says BBM remix. I don't really know. That's right. I don't know what that means, but that's the only version I could find. And that's why we're talking about it. All right. This is an odd version. Yeah. Uh, The vocals do this like really like inhuman. They sound like kind of inhuman and like they're weird. Um, Yeah. Almost like they've been put, you know, when like you get fucked up audio on a VHS. Yeah, it's, it's like a little it. distorted. It's it's a weird version. There's lots of like synths and the styles unusual. You know what's weird about the voices? To me, mm-hmm. they sound like like they're adults playing like toys in a children's show. Mm. To me, that's the okay. vibe I get from their voices. I can't necessarily agree or disagree with that, but I will yeah. keep it in mind. Note. Like they're performing for children in a kind of exaggerated way okay yeah also the beginning they just take the money sounds from money by pink floyd oh i'm pretty sure like it sounds exactly the same oh yeah you're right 100 percent. yeah (laughs) um and they got some finger snaps there's a bit of like radio tuning kind of noise yeah and them saying tax man and tax man um and then the first verse is like this really like it's this electronic voice but it's kind of spoken and like it's basically just multi-tracked a million times yeah, yeah he sounds like the fucking devil yeah he sounds like the devil let me tell you yeah. how it's it like the speak and spell thing yeah um with the devil which i think is actually a dane cook bit anyway i'm not gonna worry about Maybe. that too much like what this reminds me of is like a old like advertisement that you would have on a warped cassette Oh, that's like what. The, yeah, it does yeah. sound warped. It 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 sounds artificially lowered, like slowed down. Yeah, it it sounds very it's artificial. Opposite very of the chipmunks. Spooky. It's, yeah, it's meant to sound off kilter and evil, as I think the vibe here. Yeah, and, and like I, the guitar and the it. synth, they're like playing like stings, which is what you play when you want it like ghost scary, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it works. It works. Although they, they don't they that voice leaves. Um and then yeah, the devil the, leaves. Yeah, and the devil leaves after the first woman. Verse. Yeah. Which is again kind of like inhuman and like like they're fake smiling the whole time. It's the like yeah. I'm gonna say Stepford Wives thing, even though I've never seen the Stepford Wives. And it's exactly like the Stepford Wives, a show I have also never seen. Um And anyone who says otherwise is full of shit. Come at us. Yeah. You we will um, talking about fight you not not like physically but we will fight over the seas and oceans we will defend our opinions whatever the cost may be we will yes. never surrender whatever the cost may be uh, and yeah they like it builds a bunch of synth so like uh as 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 they go yeah so like there's a riff on the bass but then like the synth is playing instead of guitar and then in the second verse, they add like another synth playing between the lines and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's, yeah, still playing like 
kind of the riff, really. Kind of the riff, yeah. And it's Underneath yeah, everything. and there's just there's like some very it. like eighties instruments coming in with a lot of just unsettling bam, warping bam, and bam, distorting. Bam. And then yeah. we hit the bridge where it just kind of whiplashes to just classic 80s synth. Yes. More of like a sharper kind of like slow-ish attack, but not that slow. Like slow enough you notice it, but not slow enough to make it really feel slow. Yeah. And then um, Theremin, I think, comes in for the solo a bit. It's not a Theremin solo, but there's like a background of like, they just kind of keep the groove going. And then the synth plays like a very brief solo. Mm-hmm. I'm worth noting at the end of that uh, bridge, when they say feet, oh. they go down real low. Feet. Feet. Yeah, weird sounds. It's very like disjointed. It's, uh, it's I think, just trying to be like surreal. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, I saw Euro Disco Rock, and I was expecting like, a, oh, it's a dance beat to Taxman. But this is like some strange hell beast. Yeah, they were definitely going for like what I would think of as more like a new wave thing. Or maybe this was kind of before new wave really broke out. Yeah. Or or kind of early new wave. Of just like weird voices and synthesizers. Yeah, I don't know. It's got like the, the veneer of like plastic dance music, but it's using that to be horrifying. <laughs> Yeah, which, I think there's something very cool about this version. Yeah, works. It's a bizarre version, but and it's it's off-putting probably because it wants to be. Yeah. It's uh I don't know if it makes me fear the tax man though specifically. I think it's Yeah, th- that's maybe a bit misplaced. It's just like a general like insidiousness and also yeah. it's about a tax man. Yeah. And I think maybe because I associate this this style with a sort of capitalism sheen, so I'm less worried about the tax man and more worried about like the businessman. That might just always be true of me. And that also might just be my constant fear at all times, at all hours of the day. <laughs> yeah, I might just be afraid of everything. If there's one thing I've learned this month, it's I fucking hate capitalism. <laughs> Ugh. Indeed, my but, friend. But, uh, yeah, I think they they really struck something that will stick in my brain but it's a unique sound it's a unique sound but is it as unique as ska (laughs) can anything be let's talk ruder than you in 1997 ska band Founded at Penn State University in 1989. Um, so this, uh, they're, did you read their Wikipedia page? Because I, I don't think I've seen one as self-edited as this Wikipedia page. No, I think I read their description and it just said, like, people think they broke up because they haven't played since 1998. But that's not true. It's like, okay. Okay. I mean, it might as well be. Here's a here's a tasty little snippet from there. Yeah. Say, uh, the band's current roster of veteran members includes the Round Mound of Dub Sound singer Freddie Weaver, 
band leader Doug Dubrowski still sings and plays tenor sax. He and Don Panko on bass hail from the earliest days of RTY. I mean, that's ruder than you. They got an acronym. Rod Martino and Chris Kilmchak fill out the lineup on guitar and trombone, respectively. Larry Ace Snell of the Toasters in public service sits on the drum throne. On the throne. I, like, wanted to flag it. I wanted to become a Wikipedia editor just to flag it and be like, this is... There's too much, there's too much flavor in this text. No, no one would be able to dispute it. No one would know. No, right? They'd be like, I guess the round mound of dub sound is singer Freddie Weaver. I mean, no one else is claiming to be the round mound of dub sound, so he kind of gets the title by default. Exactly. He can claim to be whatever the fuck he wants. Round mound of dub sound. What a, um, what a title. Yeah. So these guys have keyed in on the fact that the original song has just kind of like a steady groove that it it rolls throughout, and they said, what if that steady groove was ska instead? Yeah, well, also, the the way the kind of guitar sings work in the original, they're kind of on the backbeat, so they really just skank it up a bit, and then add some horns. Oh, you didn't actually pause. I think I just, I, I, I missed out on your connection. He said, like, oh, and then, no, and then yeah. there was, like, a big blank, and I just heard a fucking no, I siren did. behind I me. And then it's like, and then add some more. I was like, fuck, what? All right. <laughs> um, I said the original version has kind of a, they have, like, the, the backbeat thing going on. Right. With the way the guitar strings work. So, really, they just need to make it a little skankier and add some horns. Yeah, you're right. It's it's pretty easy to, to amplify elements of the original to make it sound more uh, like ska. Even that bass line, like you throw the right tone on it, it's pretty much ska slash reggae. Yeah, I mean, their bass is a more of like, I, it didn't seem like a walking bass line. Mm-hmm. But they're playing like, like that kind of thing yeah it's a it's a groove it's something yeah. that has motion to it without ever necessarily walking to different parts and coming back it's just like it's a groove yeah um and of course they really push that uh that backbeat rhythm especially with the vocals um, oh yeah they're really accenting there's one for you 19 for, Ting me. for me yeah so it's kind of yeah on that a lot of that a lot of that going on these days. Um, um, of course, you another... get some horns in here as well. You do. There's horns. But before the horns come in, right before the horns, mm-hmm. is that first refrain. They kind of switch it up. Like, um, when they get to the refrain, instead of doing that really heavy, like, skank, they do the... Right, yeah, they just start yeah. hitting these uh, single notes. And then the horns come in. And then it goes yeah. back into that skank, and the horns stick around. Yeah, that section is almost reminiscent of uh, Junior Parker's version. More of that groove? Yeah, I didn't really yeah. compare them directly. I'm trying to think. Where he picks up the pace. Right, because he the... picks up da, 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 during, between the lines. Between it's the... not quite the same, because his yeah. is... Similar in that it's that rhythmic switch up. It's yeah, it's a similar movement to to this sort of more fast pace driving. I'd be curious how much like I always curious how much the the previous covers influence the later ones because obviously for people like us, you know, we 
think of things in terms of like, oh, this cover to this and this cover to this. And if you could put this together and that and, you know, sliding yeah. pieces together. But I don't know how much uh, other people would have listened previously to the other covers. But uh, yeah, well, like you mentioned in the, the Black Oak Arkansas about. version, they say truck instead of car. True. Might suggest a Junior Parker influence. Might. But also, but trucks are more not. associated with, like, rural with the living. Yeah. So, I don't know. Might just be a convergent evolution, as it were. Yeah, could be. All right. So, what do we do? What do we just, We're skanking along. We're playing horns. Um, yeah. It's like horn licks between lines. Pretty common thing. It seems, like, a bit delayed to me. Like, they don't start up. Like, it's not like the line ends and they go right into the riff. Like, mm-hmm. it, it waits a bit. Um, I don't know if that seems significant to you, but for some reason it seems significant to me. Um, I didn't really yeah. pick up on it. I don't know why. Just something I thought of. Just they're just taking In their time brain. with it, you know? Yeah, I guess so. It's ska. They're not in a hurry. Yeah, not in a hurry. <laughs> So, kind of continues like that, and then we get to the bridge. Yeah. The bridge is interesting. Yeah, it's uh, What's is there it's a, very unexpected. Is there a word for this? It's I believe it's called toasting. Toasting? Okay. I, uh, I, you know what? It just I remembered it in this this minute in Jamaican music. Uh, toasting, chatting, rap in other parts of the Anglo-Caribbean, or DJing is the act of talking or chanting, usually in a monotone melody, over a rhythm or beat by a reggae DJ. Uh, the lyrics can be either pre- improvised or pre-written. So yeah. it's uh, it's within toasting. that that wheelhouse of toasting. Or yeah, rapping. it's definitely like the sort of Caribbean flavor. It's of, it reminded of me of, of Shaggy. Yeah, it's definitely that kind of a sound. So he does a whole... I mean, he does the lines. He says, like, you take a walk. But it it also has that, like... He does the, like, you take a waka. You take a waka. It also sounds like... uh, It's between rap and, I want to say, like... Who's the band who does that? Like, corn or disturbed. One of them does that, like... Just noise making. It's the I don't know. It is the the focal is the middle point between those two ideas. Where it's like kind of you get that like growling. Yeah, it's just like yeah. very like deep growling, like percussive. Mm-hmm. Uh, delivery. But yeah, it makes the bridge delivery is percussive. go very quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they just kind of go back into like like the horns jump in again and they go skanking again. They do their little transition riff and then yeah. do another verse. But mm-hmm. the backups are now. It's the the bridge guy sticks around and he does the backups. Yeah, and he really puts that energy into it. It's not a ha ha. It's oh, he goes, oh, Mister Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Mister Wilson or Mr. whichever, Mister whoever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he kind of sticks sticks around, like he comes back. You know. Yeah. For the other verses, and then he does another, like I guess, toasting section. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he even kind of makes fun of the speed of his his voice because at one point he says like don't know what I said and then just like laughs because yeah. he says so many things and I have no idea what he said I have none of that I, I know not a fucking clue uh, I like looked this up it, it's always funny when you look up 
a version that you know is different to yeah. see if anyone's recorded the lyrics. And allegedly, like a bunch of websites say like, oh, this song by Ruder Than You. I'm like, okay, what is their version? But it's just the original lyrics. It's just the original. Like, okay. I tried to do that for like Black Oak, Lame. Arkansas. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, they say Taxman Mr. Heath. I'm like, they don't fucking mm, say that. I don't think so. Yeah. It's very upsetting. So then they but do. Also, yeah. And then even another one. I, I got, I got, uh, girl, you look so good. That's what I heard. I got that, one. which is very confusing with the rest of the song. Yeah, <laughs> happening. Um, some like guitar feedback and stuff. And then yeah. it kind of like the rest of the song kind of continues the fast rapping, and like the band, the rest of the band, um, does a lot of like the like text man, yeah, text man, and it yeah. just kind of goes back and forth between those. Um. Oh, there's another uh, part. Let's see. Yeah. Yes, I'm a tax man. I've come to collect your money if you don't want to. Something like that. And then there's like a bum to bum, a diggity bum. Uh, you must pay to stay is in there. And yeah, then I caught that. All the and then they're all harmonizing on tax man and some about being on the run and then on the run. Yeah. They say tax man. Tax man. So yeah, it's just like that gets extended. That like kind of like the refrain essentially as this toasting yeah we better be using that word right because i'm saying it a lot oh, we're saying it a lot it's uh yeah i, th- I, th- I think i got it you can blame me because i'm i'm that guy who said it here on air first and said that's what it is so it's <laughs> I, think, I, I, I think it's come up before but yeah, yeah it has come up before i can't remember when probably yeah. in a shaggy cover probably um yeah, yeah, so that's because this version is four minutes and ten seconds long, and I was surprised one that this didn't feel awfully long to me, but two that I also thought that the toasting was while confusing as hell, like pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a switch up, and ska yeah. is always like a bit fun. Yeah, kind of got that uh, going on. So... Right, and so, like we established like the group pretty early on, and so for me it's like okay, well yeah, this makes sense. So. It, I mean, you guys did, and it sounds good, but beyond that, it wouldn't be very impressive. And then they said, well, what if we throw in this? What if we, we got a guy just fucking screaming at you for half of this? And I said, that sounds insane. And they said, yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> I'm on board for it. Yeah, it's an odd one. But kind of fun. Yeah, and ends on that that uh, vocal chorus of them just going yeah, tax man, with this minimal bass and it. it was boom boom. Yeah, so it is kind of weird. Like they keep the skank going, but some of the more like sky energy doesn't happen in that side, that back half. Yeah, it's uh, it's another another in a in a line of interesting covers. I haven't been bored by a single cover yet. Nope. <laughs> um, speaking of. We uh, got to go north a ways. Fuck yeah. And uh, we got a little bit more Canadian content coming in from Canadian. Are they a progressive rock band, technically? I would call them that, yeah. Uh, Saga. In 97 yeah. which is like quite a ways after what i would say is their heyday which is like more in the oh geez 70s 
like late seventies, maybe early. Um, I can check this thing. Yeah, it's still mostly like classic lineup based on this. I'm saying eighties, right. mid eighties. Okay, early yeah. Mid-80s. See, my yeah. my touch late point 70s. is the only album by them I know, Worlds Apart, Worlds which Apart. has uh, fucking wind them up on it. Wind them up, which rips. That song's and so like, good, and on the loose, on the loose. Um, Amnesia. For I like hits. Amnesia. Anyway, Amnesia. Uh, amnesia. It's got what? Amnesia. <laughs> I that fucking love dog? this whole album. Um, they've also got uh, another song on it, uh, "Scratching the Surface." Mm. It's also a saga song. "Scratching the Surface," you better come up for it. Some okay, I don't know experience that one. To get you there, that's another saga song. Um, so they got a couple memorable songs, "Like Worlds Apart," um, and yeah, this is them in the late '90s. Yeah, so the sound on this from like a guitar tone and sort of composition, kind of like Tin Machine. Tin Machine, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I can Just hear that in that, the guitar. Like, yeah, because they're both like kind it's of very in the same distorted. era, and in that in that sort of arena of being like art rock rockers coming out of sort of more hard approach. I mean, these guys are prog rockers, but I think prog rock and art rock and can share a backyard together you know sure, they, sure they have some similarities sure and also like i think the guys obviously david bowie but even the other guys in tin machine were kind of like more established it's not like mm-hmm. they were young guys they no exactly like, in so, the 70s, yeah, there's so. a similar root of being like 70s rockers trying to make rock and roll music in the grunge era yeah yeah okay interesting um I can kind of hear that. There's definitely like quite a bit of distortion on the guitar there, um, and it's Not like, so much like it Tin sounds Machine two more like Tin Machine one, I think, which is a little more of a prototype. I think Tin Machine two is a little more refined. Of course, there's a lot of stuff that went on differently in that recording process, yeah. but yeah, I'm talking Tin Machine one. There's um, the way the guitar sounds. I thought it sounded more like appropriate for like a texture situation, but it's not really used mm-hmm. that way. Right. It's kind of used for the riff, so it was a little unusual, I thought, in that way. Yeah. Um, they also have... I, I don't think it's actually a voice clip. They they seem to like to use voice clips in, in their songs. Right. This, I think, is just them doing a f- weird voice. But well, I, imagine I think they hired the central scrutinizer <laughs> from, from Joe's Garage. Yeah, so there's kind of like voice clips, which also kind of reminds me of Amnesia, because they threw that in there. Amnesia. Amnesia. Um, and yeah, it's definitely more of like a hard rock feeling. There's parts also later on, particularly the backup vocals, remind me of Yes. They're mm. just like very high backup vocals with like a lot of tracks. So Yeah, and that's what makes me think that, you know, they couldn't quite shake their more prog rock stylings because that, that seems like a prog rock move, those vocals. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. And what else is of note in this one? That's kind of how they do it. It sounds like saga vocals. Yeah. So it starts out with one vocal track on the first line. It says, let me tell you how it will be. And then they uh, harmonize on the second one. This one for you, 19 for me. Yeah, and he seems to continue, like the, the... let me try that again. They stick with the multiple tracks for the rest of the song, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they kind of play it in this style. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that is like a really texturous guitar, but it is trying to do this this riff. Yeah, sorry, I'm just note on the bridge is where I'm hearing a lot of the uh that like backup vocals in that maybe yes ish style when they do the ah. right. Um what else happens? So okay, then they have a guitar solo. It's pretty quick. It's like just the beginning of I think they do a version of the guitar solo, basically. Mm-hmm. From the original. Um, yeah. It kind of sounds like that. Um, or similar. Anyway, and then third verse is kind of a breakdown verse. So Yeah, they do drums, and of course it's yeah. the 90s, so there's also record scratch. Record scratch sound, yep. <laughs> um, and then this is, of course, the verse with the names. They replace the names with Clinton. Mm-hmm. and coke yeah uh which i i, I know the coke brothers brother well mm-hmm. one of them died it's only one left Damn. like they're but they're like big business guys so i don't know if if it's the same one or not i mean it's not that uncommon a name so yeah i yeah. wonder if it's because uh, we're now it's also the 90s we're swinging to capitalism now yeah so politicians are bad. Business is bad. But I, like Coke doesn't tax people. So, I mean, not in the traditional sense. There's not a Coca-Cola tax that anyone pays unless no. you count living in a capitalistic hellhole as the tax, which you could. But, but I not, mean, not traditionally in the definition of taxes. There's, there's an entire Wikipedia page on the political activities of the Coke brothers. So like mm-hmm. they're big, I think, lobbyists. And, and they like nowadays... Oh man, they're associated with a lot of um what what word would I even shitbaggery right, is that sh- yeah yeah shitbaggery no uh like right wing uh political yeah, 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 I'm gonna yeah. say machines mm. networks and and, and um and, uh... information spreading groups let's say right counterintelligence organizations <laughs> boom got him uh anyway i'd have fucking so, killed in the 90s i could be a, a 90s, 90s comedian anything. oh definitely yeah <laughs> counterintelligence organizations like hey clinton how how's that nafta going for you Anyway, let's not get into that too much. Uh, <laughs> that would kill in the nineties. Open mic, destroy in the nineties. All right. Um, I mean, that's I think pretty much. Oh, one more significant thing happens in this version, mm-hmm. and that's that they start. They go into the birth. The Beatles have birth. Is it called birthday song? I'm, yeah, I'm forgetting the name now. Is it just so they I, say it's our birthday and they say happy birthday and there's some chatter and I don't know what they say and there's lots of like outro sounds so there's like some talking and then that growly voice comes back and that distorted guitar and there's all this feedback and then someone says thank you. It's a growly yeah. voice that's presumably taking your money and saying thank you. And then yeah. Yeah. That's it. It is. Yeah. This one is chaotic. It is loud. Um, There is like a penchant to lean back on on 70s prog rock kind of ideas like you get synth briefly in the background it's like very tough to hear but around the like uh declare your pennies line it gets it's it's in there just enough and you're right we got this growly voice saying things it's like a lot of stuff it's 
A lot of stuff. It comes out sounding interesting. No yeah, doubt about that. Like it's a very too much to version. me or anything. Um, yeah, and it doesn't sound bad either. But it is like a interesting product of the era. It's very much yeah. It feels a little dated. Yeah. And it also suffers from the the ruder than you problem of a voice that I can't understand saying things to me that are brand new. <laughs> right. And this one, it's the central scrutinizer. Scrutinizing things. But a version that leaves me interested and thinking. Anything that gets me thinking about David Bowie, it's probably a pretty good version. That's usually a good sign. Mm-hmm. That's why we're going to talk about a completely different version that doesn't have me thinking about David Bowie. That's uh, Beso Negro in 2003. Who is not an intoxicating blend of Gypsy Latin and Americana, but rather a rock band from Peru. That's who they are? Okay. Yes. I wasn't sure. <clears throat> well, you, you got to do your research, and sometimes Discogs.com and their one-sentence oh, bio is the best you can get. Discogs. See, I was just stuck on this Peso Negro website. Yeah, but they didn't have any of the same albums, which is to say just this one album. Just this one album, yeah. Um, so they are Not Your Father's Gypsy Jazz. But not because they are the band that says they're not your father's gypsy jazz. They're just straight up not gypsy jazz in any way. And they're certainly not your father's. Certainly not don't belong to your father. Uh, No, this one jumps right into the music. Um, Yeah, a little like country groove. Yeah, a little little bluesy on that guitar. Uh, Kind of, you know, it's like smoother version of the original idea kind of thing. Yeah. What else happens? What's what's this version like? Um, it's very even sounding. I think part of that is yeah. the bass line. It's not the bass line's not super prominent, but it's kind of like it's this walking bass line. It's very regular. Yeah, easy throughout. blues bass line. Yeah, I think it kind of ties doom, everything doom, together. Doom, 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 doom. And the guitar tone's like pretty clean. Yeah, and yeah, even drums. Yeah, but like generally, like they get into it, like there's that. That guitar riff that we mentioned with the with the clean guitar, it's like very bright, not much sustain. Um and then like you get into the verse and it kind of continues and the vocals come in. Like it just keeps going. So really the switch up is on the refrain, uh, where the guitar strums instead of playing that that riff. Mm-hmm. Um and then they they actually bring backup vocals in, but only on like the second repeat of the word taxman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that's kind of like the two sections is the verse and the refrain there. Yeah. And then and, like very chill. Those, yeah. Very laid back. It's kind of like it's like, hey, this is the song. It's uh pretty forgettable, honestly. It's not bad by any means. The guitar solo's fine in this. Yeah, it's like relatively straightforward, I agree. Mm-hmm. And like kind of chilled out version. I mean, if I was, you know, I came to a bar or something, I heard the lads playing this, I'd be like, yeah, we're in an all right place. Yeah, all right. Expect, I'd expect a harmonica solo almost. 
Yeah. That might have actually gone better than the guitar solo. But like, yeah, good tone on the guitar. I like it. The uh, the bass, the the groove is good. It's simple, but it's it's good enough, right? Yeah, it's definitely something you can groove along with. They don't necessarily go anywhere with that, but yeah, that's the thing is they don't go higher than that. Is they set up a good bass line, and I mean that is in like a minimum line of yeah. satisfactory. But also the bass line too. Also the bass line's good, but they never they never jump beyond that. And I think they could. You know what? I'm going to say it. Yeah. I think they could. So, good bass line. Line. Uh, <laughs> climb. Um, but hey, you know what? We've been on such a fucking roller coaster ride of covers. It's good to have something <laughs> to just chill <laughs> out a bit. Simple, yeah, going, honestly, right. <laughs> like I was listening to the Saga one, and it was like last night, kind of the end of my day, and it was just like, it was sensory it was, overload. It was too it much. It was too much, right? Oh. I was like, holy fuck fuck what how am i supposed to write notes on this? so even though earlier i said it's not too much and i think i still agree with that i was like tired last night and i was like it was too much yeah was tired. from an analytical perspective when you're at the you know the end of your work day yeah. it's, it's a lot to take in <laughs> it's overwhelming so yeah base negro way to take it easy you know what not fucking bad um let's talk about talk 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 in 2010 Talk, talk, talk. These guys are German. Just like chilly. Acoustic soul band. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. They kind of got like some jazz going on. Yeah. So yeah, another simple version, honestly. But yeah, yeah, this one is kind of your standard like uh, chill jazz performance. You get that guitar sting, those two notes, that bump, bump on the uh, piano. Yeah, got that electric piano coming in. Yeah stand-up bass doing the other half of it and then drum focused on the the hi-hat and just some you know real easy everything yeah, here is so meant to be real easy symbol symbols mm-hmm. um and there is a horn too that doubles the piano oh yeah some saxophone bam, um bam. and yeah again settles into a groove that's how the song goes but they make it groovier I really like the groove in this one, personally. Um, yeah, I, I think it does it does a good job of being a groove. Come in uh, with uh, vocals, female vocalists. Yep. Kind of soft. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, what else happens? Like, it's... Backup vocals for the groovy, bridge. It's groovy, man. It's groovy. Yeah. It's they groovy. It's easy groove. breezy. Even, yeah, even during the bridge. Um, the back of vocal sound, it's just the same person, right? Just yeah, I think. Just more tracks, yeah. yeah. Um, the solo, saxophone solo. I support yep. that strongly. Um, and then the sax kind of keeps playing after that. So even though the saxophone was supporting the riff before, this is where it gets, you know, it basically continues the solo over top of a refrain. Mm-hmm. And then... The electric piano. The electric piano has been playing in the refrains, some like yeah. extra chords. Plays like a descending chord thing. That no, mm-hmm. it, it like has a riff. It like has a little riff that it plays. Yeah, hundred percent. 
So yeah, it plays that, and then there's kind of a saxophone soloing as well, and it's just the refrain part. That's right. That is exactly right. Yeah. Um, this version is so smooth, I found it hard to take notes on. Because I would, I would just kind of let it play in the back, and I'd be like, oh, fuck, the song's over. Uh, I was like, okay, go back to after just after the sax solo. I did it like three or four times. I was like, just after the sax solo, and, it's like and then it's, like, it's done. Yeah, just zoning out. I was like, fuck, what happened? Yeah. But I, I honestly really enjoyed this one, kind of for that version. You could sort of get lost in it. I found it all right. I didn't find it blowing me away. Um, It, it kind of falls in the same level as Beso Negro for me, just... uh. Simple, it's easy, nothing necessarily wrong with it. I don't think it ascends to incredible heights. I think it just maybe has a couple of pieces that haven't been present in other versions yet, so that gives it some value. I thought the groove was stronger in this one versus Pesanegro. Yeah, that was about the same. But, you know, that's, that's but, me, man. What stand-up bass doesn't impress me. <laughs> what, so your bass is uh, the size of a man? That don't impress me much. Don't impress a human. <laughs> But hey, if it tickles your ivories, Alex, you run with that. That sure does tickle my ivories. I'll say that tickles you my ivories. You know what else tickles my ivories? Canadian content. <laughs> Can like con. A, a sound drop for that. Just like the know, national like, anthem? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's too slow. You need like a... a just the a, beginning. A, just the first couple notes. We need like a beaver noise or something. Something. What does a moose sound like? Call. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) We both did a donkey. We both don't know what a moose sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) But Canadian content coming back on Entrepreneur Summer alumni already or alumnus because he's a singular man. Randy Bachman in 2018. Andy Bachman. Uh, he made Taking Care of Business and was also a member of the Guess Who. Yes, with BTO. What he else do you guys want? Um, That's correct. And he's Canadian. He's Canadian. And he's apparently content, doesn't like taxes or likes this apparently song. Not. This is off an not. album of um, George Harrison covers. It's called By George. By George. By George by Randy. Oh, it's by Bachman. Oh, is it Bachman? It, is, it does say by Bachman here. Oh, I, I thought it was Randy, but it's clearly not, so. That would have been fun. But. Yeah, and let let let's be real here. In 2018, you're a, you're a rocker. You're a 1960s, 1970s rocker knocking out a, a cover album. You could phone this in. You could Rod Stewart this and and be done for the easy, day. easy, easy. But not if your name's Randy fucking Bachman. No, apparently not. He um, yeah. This is quite a version. Quite frankly. Yeah, and um, I think still plays on the principles you mentioned when we talked about BTO. You said they were this like return to basics kind of groove rock. Yeah, and, it like sets up yeah. the boogie. Mm-hmm. That on. was it, boogie rock. Yeah, boogie rock. Um, and and that's, also, I feel like that's exactly what he does. Yeah, but in addition to that, kind of switches it up because the way they perform it, it sounds more like verse chorus than verse refrain. They really like they kind of repeat the refrain. And make it mm-hmm. longer, so it's more like a chorus instead of a refrain. That's right. 
<sighs> so yeah, like yeah, they have their own riff, really, or like their own version of the riff that kind of gives it like a galloping sound. That's right, uh, aided by the drums as well. Which are so is that like is that what boogie is? I feel like we asked this question before and still don't have an answer. Wait, nobody ever answers um, us, Alex. That's the problem with this show. <laughs> and then. Um, and it opens with two notes, kind of a like a uh, which also sounds one like a general Beatles tribute, and also sounds like Taxman. True, yeah, it sounds like Taxman, but yeah, definitely. What what song is it? It just starts with a chord in the Beatles. With the with the Beatles chord, um, Beatles chord. fucking Hard Day's Night. I think so. Been a hard I think so. Day's night. Yeah, I think so. It's like kind of pause. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's kind of got that. And then they'd play this like... Like, that's kind of the riff. Um, so then we get into the verse, and it's kind of plays that, sings to play that, kind of that trade-off back and forth again. Hmm. Someone else is singing, too. Sport. Like, there's another voice. Don't know who. Um, and also, there's a, like a lead guitar kind of riffing and licking around that, uh, that groove they set up. So it's like... And there's uh, two voices on the track. There's, yeah. I assume, Bachman up front, and then like a more strained, higher one in the back there. Yeah, it sounds like he's really, really going. Mm-hmm. And the other thing they do, first and second verses are squished together. So the verses That's are right. longer. And then the like refrain becomes the chorus, basically. Um, it's kind of cool how they do it. The bass kind of yeah. walks. They do walking, more of a walking bass. That's is, is that a walking bass line? It's not. Um, even. it's kind of just like chord changes. Yeah, I thought it was more of a walking bass one, but it's not really. But it does could, switch I mean, it up. And the guitar starts playing up high. If, if those are in a certain like relational position to each other, like uh, I think if they're fifths. It can count as a walking bass line because that's one of the translations okay. or one of the transitions you can do is the, the fifth. I think it's it's almost like the way it plays like dun 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 dun, dun and then like ba dun down down down. So like that's the part that kind of well, oh, like to they me. do a walk up to it. Yeah, kind of, like I guess it's just walk. It walks a bit, but it's not like a walking bass. Yeah, line. it's not an advanced walking. But when they teach you, or at least from what I've read from learning walking bass lines, they always start you out and they're like. Play four of the root note, then play the next root note. It's like, baby, that's a walking bass line. It's like, oh, okay. yeah, baby. I'm walking. This bass is so, yeah, it's not, not the most complex. It's not fucking uh, moon dance. Right. Moonwalk? It, but, you know, it's, uh, it's yeah, it, it bears some, some of the structure of a walking bass line in the chorus here. And that's, uh, it's, it's uh, doubled on the piano as well, right? There is a piano in this. Yes. Yes, there is piano chords. And then they get the, like, tax man. Yeah, they double up vocals or get the backup chorus Batman. on the word tax man specifically. Yeah, every so time they really push up. that, like, Batman thing. Yeah. On the tax man line. Um, then the guitar does, like, so, like, they have a little guitar solo after that. The, mm-hmm. Which is kind of like in Taking Care of Business, where they would have, like, yeah. kind of like a bit of a bit for the guitar to do a thing. And then back into another verse. Go back into the main riff and then do another verse. Now, this second verse, which is mm-hmm. basically the third verse with technically original lines, but they're really taken from um, the structure of the bridge 
And then also says, if you're a bird, I'll tax your wings. We love I'd to love tax, to tax most, anything. most anything. I don't yeah. know if the bird line is a reference to and your bird can sing. Oh, maybe. But anyway. So yeah, he throws in that line. Similar to the to the line about taxing your feet in a way. He's like, I'll tax Mother Nature. I don't give a yeah, fuck. Tax whatever the fuck I want to. Yeah, so similar idea. But like so like taken from the bridge, but basically just extended verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, also getting some screechy guitar riffs in between lines. There's quite a lot going on. Yeah. Here. Um and then another c- chorus, their sort of chorus section, which is taken from the refrain. And then they actually do a bridge. That's right. Yeah. Breakdown, really. That's right. You get a little yeah, so you get a that breakdown, like, bit of echo on the vocals. Yeah. The street, the street, the street. Boom, 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 boom. Get a little bit of bass at the end of each line. Yeah. It's kind of, to me, had this like sort of controlled chaos sound to it. So there's mm-hmm. just like a lot of sounds happening and sort of doing completely different things, but they work together. Yeah, they seem to collide at the right the angles end, that, yeah. that things work out. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty cool. Um and then they and the guitar solo after that. Yes, they kind of go back to the main riff for like a bit and then into a solo. Um guitar's going pretty wild. I wasn't sure if it was a solo at first. I thought it might be a brief one like the last one, but this one's a bit longer. Mm-hmm. No, this is the real one. Oh yeah. And then they do the classic move of like they go into another chorus but the like guitar that was soloing just kind of like keeps going you can't stop keeps it. going yeah it's a classic and then uh it slows down for the ending yeah we kind of drum roll down to one final note and then there's a bit of bass that kind of yeah. plods along after yeah, but everything else is like it's just guitar, like fading out. Yeah. So yeah, it's a cool version. Like you said, definitely could have phoned it in, but didn't. So very yeah. respectable. I honestly going into this one, I was like, oh, Randy Bachman in 2018, it's gonna be the shittiest thing. But no, I was very impressed by it in the end. Yeah, I was expecting just buy the book. I didn't think it was gonna be the shittiest thing. Tone. Yeah, I thought it would be very safe. Like it. Yeah, it's just a very safe, straightforward one. And he's just like, no, we're going to flip it. We're gonna... But no, he did some cool stuff with it. Which, I mean, yeah, like, not the most out there, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. But pretty solid. Pretty goddamn and solid. a good translation of this song. Yeah, I think he, he put the work in, and he's a professional musician, so it shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk our final verdicts here, Alex. We're going to talk about the worst version, the best version, and the 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 version for businessmen, baby. Who it's Entrepreneur Summer. If you're a businessman, which one of these these audio profiles is gonna resonate most with you? Yeah. Which one's business? Which one's all business, no bullshit. <laughs> all business, some bullshit too. Um, Alex, worst version. What is it? What's the worst version? What is the worst version? Is there any that I didn't like specifically? Honestly, it's probably Beso Negro. I didn't think it was terrible, but I didn't like it as much as any of the other versions. So there you go. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a tie for me between them and Talk, Talk, Talk. I know you like Talk, Talk, Talk. I did. I didn't really give a fuck about them. 
Uh, I might just give it to Beso Negro as well, though, because like a a standard rock version of a rock song is not it's not earth shattering, whereas at least Talk 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 does a boring version of a different genre. So hey, that's something different. So yeah, it's and it's neither of those versions are bad in the way we traditionally use that word on this podcast, but just not the best of this gathering which is a lot of big names and a lot of weirdos so there's no shame yeah. in being not the yeah, best they're here. just the normal ones yeah with that alex let's talk about it who who could possibly be the best version of tax who could uh, honestly i was prepared to give this to talk 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 mm-hmm. that's crazy I'm i know crazy I'm, sounds I'm, crazy right but the then lunacy then i heard the randy bachman version i was like how could i give it to anyone else it, it was a very, very strong version. But yeah, and very strong. Yeah. And even like some of the other versions were pretty cool. There were some cool sonic soundscapes, but it was the one that like I had the lowest expectations for. And then it it uh defied those expectations and I was uh impressed in the end. Yeah, so. just just came swinging. Yeah. Randy Bob. Gotta give it to Randy. Alex, I first want to do a list of every version that's better than the Talk 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 <laughs> version. Junior Parker, Black Oak, Arkansas, Chili, Ruder Than You, Saga, and Randy Bachman. All see, better. I see, than you've, I see by, you've listed all of them. By miles, by leaks. I really liked the Talk 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 version. I, I, I mean, you are entitled to your opinion, but I think yeah. that is nuts. <laughs> anyway, I, I think I got to agree. I think Randy Bachman knocked it out. It's, uh,. Just big energy, uh, the stel- like, and I, I almost want to give it to Junior Parker because I think the blues feel on this one is so good and plays so well. But in terms of being a version that has that like that listenability and this uh, some real punching drive to it, if there needs to be some edge to this version, it comes in in the Randy Bachman version of all places. Yeah, like. Saga's a little confused, I think, as to what how to, to nail the tone exactly right. Uh, Chili has a crazy tone, but it's like not quite, I think, what the song needs. A Ruder Than You is just wild. And, and then Talk 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 is just too uh, too subdued for me, man. It's And like Black Oak, Arkansas is, is your dad's rock and roll. In this case, my <laughs> dad's rock and roll. So Indeed it is. <laughs> I have to be away from that one. But like yeah, Randy Bachman... <sighs> And this man, I mean, an entrepreneur summer, he's, he's, he's coming back. He came back to, to, to win as a cover me competitor. Yeah. Unheard of. Impressive. That's an impressive uh, record. Yeah. Best version, Randy Bachman. Now, Alex, the, another crazy question to ask, the most business version. The most business version. Okay, here's the thing. These mm-hmm. are businessmen. You know, you know they're down with the ska. <laughs> and, and. I don't know why, but I just know it, you know? Yeah, you know they're all doing the toasting bit with... They're all doing the toasting bit together, maybe. I don't know. In the the most racist way you can imagine. Yes, absolutely. It's got to be ruder than you. They're skanking a bit. They've got the hats. They've got the shoes. They've got the three-piece suits. They're skanking, my friend. They're skanking. Business. It's skanking. Tune in next summer for Skankinpreneur Summer. <laughs> um, that's a good choice, Alex. I'm going to go with Chili because it has all the makings of capitalism in there. 
and it's also horrifying, but I think as a businessman, you, you wouldn't see the horror of these these terrible capitalist overtones. You'd just be like, this is good. This is what the people want. This will make us money. <laughs> yes, this is what the people want. Yes. So you'd key into the, the terror of Chile and be like, mm, this is good. And play it with your businessman friends as you complain about taxes. That's our final verdicts. If you have a different opinion, a similar opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, of which there are many, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at ChickTheCressy, at some Alex Wise Guy. Rate us, review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends about us. Tell your family about us. Tell a stranger about us. Tell someone today. That's our main segment. It's time for our bonus segment. Um, it's another episode of What's Pokemoning On? We had a title for this. Did we? What's going on in Pokemon 25 or something? It was, you know, it's never a real title. It's what's some nonsense. It's too long to say. What's poking on? I said, hey, what's poking on? Tell me what's poking on, Alex. Um, There's a new Pokemon 25 song is what's on. And it's... That's what's on. Uh, Quite frankly, by an artist I've never heard of before. Uh, because we're apparently just old fucks now. Yeah. Um, uh, artist called Mabel. That's right. Mononymous Mabel. Uh, take it home <laughs> and um it's uh i don't know what it's about honestly it's about taking it home it's about, it's about friendship and love uh, uh we'll talk about the lyrics real quick here first yeah. of all um mabel had her breakthrough in 2017 she's a uk artist uh her debut album studio album was in 2019 so she's very fresh on the scene but also very popular she won the brit award for british female solo artist in 2020 so she's like this one's for the Zoomers, uh, is my understanding. Katy Perry and Post Malone were for the were the Zoomer bo- uh, the Zoomer uh, the millennial crossover section. This one's just for the Zoomers, is my understanding. Yeah, I see that. It's definitely not something I know about. Certainly not. Not not in not not anywhere in my realm of knowledge. Now let's talk about these lyrics, Alex, because the question we always ask with these is how is it possible that Post Malone set the bar too high for every other performance? <laughs> we don't know, but somehow he did it with a cover of Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, so the first question we always ask, are there any lyrics that actually relate to Pokemon, like directly? Is there any direct calls to Pokemon? Here's the best I got, Alex. The fourth line of this song, she says, I'm your champion. There are champions in Pokemon. There are. Uh, that's more of a Digimon thing, though. True, it's what you digivolve. But you, you you do become a champion of the Pokemon League. Um, uh, I think they I guess they use the word master more in Pokemon to be a I'm master. Trying to think, do they say master. champion in the opening song? I want to be the. I want to be a champion, like no one ever was. I mean, yeah, yeah well, to be the very best could be being a champion, but that's a bit of an extrapolation. Uh, yeah, got you one hundred all the time. Yeah, let's read out these up, lyrics up, real quick. Lights, camera, action! Star of this attraction. Whenever you need me, I come running. I'm your champion. You know that I got you. Call me. I'm a come through. I can break a promise, but I swear to God, I love you. <laughs> That's first one. Then we get the pre-chorus. It's true that, yes, baby, I, I got you 100 all the time. I, if you need someone by your side, well, you know what you should do. Yeah. Then we come to the chorus, which is, baby, come, come now. Pick it up, up, up. If you want to take it home, if you want to take it, baby, come, come now. With your love, love, love. If you want to take it home, like, if you want to take it, where do we come? Where do we go? <laughs> baby, right now, now. Where do we come? Where do we go? Baby, come, come now. With your love, love, love. If you want to take it, you want to take it home. And then we come to verse two, which is, uh, run it, run it, come, let's go, brackets, oh. 
Because you and me, unstoppable. Unstoppable. And oh, if you're in, let me know. Oh, 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 oh. And then we get the pre-chorus, the chorus again. Uh, we get a bridge that says, it's true. I'm done with playing by them rules. With you. Because mm. I already did that. Ooh. Oh, yeah. All together, we can't lose. Well, you know what we should do? Yeah. Chorus. And then that's it, man. That's the fucking song. <laughs> there's a lot more words than I thought. I, there's a lot more words, arguably more words than in Taxman. Quite a <laughs> so few more. much less like definitive words. True, a lot of it is like pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, but not actually. No, it's very ska punk. Yeah. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Wait a minute, is her hair twenty five? Is it? And no. Oh, the way it's because her like her no. gym trainer hair. Yeah. She's got some, she's, her hair is just like done up. She's also got like this strange, what, it's like a, like a bodysuit, but it's like all cut out. Yeah, with the one she starts, I, we'll talk about the, I, we'll talk about the music video in a second. But I want to talk about these lyrics, because okay. as far as I can tell, the only like, like I said, the theme is friendship and love and like unity. So she's, she'll come running to you if you need her. Um, She loves you. Uh, It's all about being by your side. And taking it home, which uh, is where I get, you take Pokemon home to your house to play the game and enjoy the 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 franchise. Sure, yeah. This so, is it. That's that's yeah. all I got. So I mean, so far the the biggest Pokemon connection in any of these three songs that have been released so far is uh, the electric Katy Perry thing, just because it's about electricity, which is a Pokemon. Right. Type. Really? Well, and the, well, and that's and, yeah and from a lyrical standpoint. The Post Malone one. Correct. Yeah, the Post Malone musically is the most connected. Yeah, true. And at least there's an idea in Post Malone's of him being like, well, in 1996, this was also what was popular alongside Pokemon. So there is like some i like ideas loosely connecting it. But sure. you're right in that lyrically, uh, Hootie and the Blowfish is not talking. Yeah. The, the dolphins are not. Hootie and the Blowfish, in... famously a song about Pokemon. Yeah, famously a song about Pokemon. I can't or remember a song, the name a of the band song that right sings now. about Pokemon. Only want to be yeah. with you. That's right. I'm such a bear bear, cause the dolphins make me cry. Um. Yeah, but somehow that like we were getting even further removed, and so in this video. Um, we're gonna talk about that now because I think we've we've talked the lyrics to yep. to the furthest extent. Talk about the video. I think she falls asleep and then wakes up in a Pokemon dream. Well, yeah, because she comes home in her her full leather bodysuit, and then from whatever event, ho- home or a hotel, it's it's unclear to me. I think it's a hotel. Looks like a hotel to me because she wa- runs through the hallways later, and it's like hotel. That's hallways. right. And she's trying to find something on TV, and she settles on Pokemon, where we see a large fucking Pikachu, giant Pikachu, and a Celebi. And they uh, are becoming friends or something. I don't know if this is from a Pokemon film or just some random promo footage. But she watches this and immediately passes out. And then, and then has a dream of some sort where her hair's done up. And yeah, pink and yellow like tracksuit. But it's like, a, it's like a vinyl tracksuit. Yeah. And it's completely cut out. I'm actually surprised because like... I mean, times have changed, obviously, but like in in when Pokemon first came out, I don't think Nintendo would have put out or Allowed like boobs. Exactly. What I'm saying is, there's too much cleavage in this video for 2000. 
Oh yeah, this was the era of uh, particularly in animation where they would like would just wipe out the cleavage line and be like, yeah. there's no boobs there. <laughs> just, just not there. So I just like, I don't know. I, I'm not complaining about that or anything. I just, something I was thinking about. I was like, wow, 20 years ago. This wouldn't have yeah. been in something that is, I mean, aimed at children, right? Because mm-hmm. it's Pokemon 25 album. Again, not trying to be all pro-clutching, and I'm not saying they shouldn't do it now. I'm just saying they wouldn't have done it then. Yeah, interesting to see how times have changed. So she finds yeah. a magical Jigglypuff and follows it down these these hotel halls. Basically, she looks like a she would be a gym leader now in her getup. True. Yes, she does look like a gym leader. There's a connection, but it's only in the video. If only, and I'm I'm, I'm drawing those connections. It's she doesn't True. then become a gym leader. In this no, video. she falls down. She like gets in the elevator and like falls down into nothingness and has a different outfit on. Same hair though. Yeah, same hair. So she's playing like hide and seek with this Jigglypuff. This Jigglypuff knocks a ball over. Um, what do we come? What do we go? What do we? What do we come? What do we show? Um, there's a Pikachu because that's I I guess like a legal obligation to have pikachu in your yeah video. there's pikachu there's the jigglypuff from before they're just like messing around apparently jigglypuff can fly then she kind of she says let's go and she turns around and beckons the jigglypuff yeah and then she dances and there's a pokeball sure also. Does. and then summons backup dancers at one point and they dance a bit that's right they dance a bit. And then we get a brief shot where it, it goes back to her in the real world, sleeping on the, the bed, and then it flips, the camera flips, and then we're in the underworld where she's a, a gym leader on an overgrown grass bed. Which is kind of cool. Kind of a cool shot. Yeah, kind of a fun shot. Rotation thing. Some are falling, some are dancing, some are Pokemon. That's the rest of it. It's not, yeah. it's not like narrative-driven like the last one. Not yeah, like, not like the last electric. one. Nor is it really connected to the lyrics about taking it home because she's in a hotel the whole time. True. Or she wakes up at the end with a knowing look, like she knew she was dreaming about Pokemon. Sorry, what was that? I said she wakes up with a knowing look at the end, like she knew she was dreaming about Pokemon. Ah, uh, Pokemon dreams. Yeah. Um. It's definitely not aimed at me. Well, Alex, who knew you were at the primary Pokemon target audience? I know, right? It's like I'm only approaching 30. <laughs> I know, right? Let's talk about this music, though, because I will tell you oh, this. Okay. And, and Greta said that she sounds like Katy Perry, and it made me wonder the question. Do, do they all have to use the same production team, like, musically? Because this does sound musically very similar to Electric. Mm, I didn't really compare that. It seems like a lot of the same just production. Like obviously, it's a different track, and there are like it's there's a yeah. different tone overall, but it, it does have the same general quality to it. I don't know. I keep meaning to like listen to more modern pop music and then not doing it. Right. Um. So I don't have a huge frame of reference for like modern trends in pop music, unfortunately. Sure, but you have heard the song "Electric" and you have heard this song. Yeah, I'd just be wondering, like, like connections between these two songs, but but like, is that just these two songs, or is it like a lot of songs? Maybe just a trend that they're both following. 
Sure, but I mean, I guess maybe just straightforwardly answer the question: Do you think these two do songs I think sound similar? they sound similar? Uh, I didn't think they sounded that similar, honestly. No. Well, I don't know. I didn't think nice. I didn't like think of that. It when didn't, I it didn't to come it. to you, so you, no. obviously you did not think. Well, of I guess that. I that didn't. Fine. It's just because I, I read an article on a website, and this guy was like, "Oh yeah, this is even better than." Perry's electric. I'm like, they sound the same to me. They sound equally the same. In terms of production teams, I don't know how they're doing it, but I would imagine that they didn't have the same production team because the way I'm imagining it happening is the Pokemon company is just kind of paying artists to. But it's all Universal Music Group artists. Oh, that's true. That's true. It's all UMG. It's all UMG, baby. Could be. Hey, maybe it's all the same studio. That's why they all have the same sound. Maybe. Um, what goes on in this musically, Alex? I didn't pay that much attention. It didn't pay that much attention. Oh, no, I just enough. like listened to it a couple times. I didn't do like a close listen or anything. Alex, you hack. Was I supposed to? I mean, that's what we've done for the other ones, but you Is know. it? Yeah. I guess it is. <laughs> no. It sounds like pop music. You know, fucking yeah. people, you want to listen to the Pokemon song? Go listen to the Pokemon. We just described 10 fucking songs to you already today. God, you people are demanding. It's 2 for 216. Fucking, come on, people. All right. That does it for today's episode of Cover Me. Unless you got anything else to say, Alex? Nope. Okay. Now, of course, as we always say, uncover me. Now, my advice for those who die, declare the podcast in your ears, because it's cover me. Yeah, it's cover me.